Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. before but i was reminded of it today and i think it's brilliant right i genuinely think it's brilliant um it's it's bill oddie <laughs> it's bill oddie's um uh, uh stab at pop fame bill oddie oh. joins me now it, it, uh, when you hear when was the last time you heard that oh, song oh god ages ago yeah I some, somebody threw it at me accidentally you know and on yeah. purpose to embarrass me or something like that and then i probably embarrassed myself by saying i'm not embarrassed <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great song well thank you and you've got a great voice well thank you it was um i i it's strange all that a lot of people have said to me you really wanted to be a pop singer didn't you and and i no i didn't or and put it another way i kind of was yeah you know because i did did several records on my own, and that one I think was one of the one of the first ones um, was produced by George Martin. Would you believe? Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I did three or four demos with George Martin. Well, releases. Yeah. And my, my 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 and then of course the goodies records went on and on and on. You know there were well you had was, huge hits. yeah they were massive they were. hits yeah they were 
I mean, I always do is, I think it was Melody Maker or something in those days who issue, you know, top songwriters of the year and top groups of the year. And I was like number four songwriter. You know? <laughs> do you still get a check in the post every now and then for, for those songs? <laughs> Not really. No. You get the, t- the, what you, the tiny, tiny, tiny checks tend to come from repeats of radio shows. Right. And things like that. Because I don't think the PRS on that, you know, we haven't yes. had, uh, um, I don't know who it would be now, somebody, Tom Jones or somebody coming in and saying, I want to sing that song. <laughs> now it sounds like, it sounds West Indian, isn't it? <laughs> I want to sing that song by Pilotti. That was wonderful. Now he sounds Pakistani. <laughs> oh, come on, no. That was quite good for him. That was, it was, it was quite historic in a way, of yeah. its time. Yeah. Not just the song, but the whole purpose of it, because what it was about um, was the mods and rockers who were sort of gangs who would zoom at each other in on mopeds and yeah. beat the shit out of each other and especially at the south coast resorts yeah. and so that was a satirical piece for that and the bbc and i kid you not banned it and they said because they thought it might be an incitement to riot <laughs> And I said, I don't think they'd make the high notes. Those <laughs> lads going in on their mopeds. Oh, God. They'd never get there. Weren't, weren't the old days quaint what they uh, thought would they offend were, people? Indeed they were. So that got banned from radio. I had about three records banned yeah. from radio. Go on, um, The others were... One was really unfortunate, because when England World Cup won the World Cup, yeah. I, I wrote a sort of anthem, entirely sort of, uh, you know, congratulatory, uh, to Nobby Styles. Oh, yeah. We love Nobby Styles. And I know if you remember him or others do, you know, little fella. Yeah. And at the end of the game, he danced around and he'd taken his teeth out. Yeah, so yeah. this big gap in his teeth, you know. And it was sort of rough and to- rough, tough and ruthless, rough and toothless was, <laughs> <laughs> was in the chorus. And I think the bit that really offended them was, yeah. uh, I, think, I forget, I might have done it. I don't know, I did it myself. I got John Cleese did it. But did um, uh, an impersonation of Alf Ramsey, who was a strange cove. Mm. And and saying, no, that's not, I, I had to leave Jimmy Greaves out. He's a bit too flash for me, you know what I mean? Um, Jeffrey, though, oh, he's a lovely boy. And it was sort of, Jeff Hunt. Um, <laughs> and I think there was a slight sort of, you know, a free song there, yes. perhaps, or something like that. Yes. But that got banned. Mm. Largely, I was, de- that's a real shame. Closest I came to fame on this. Because I was, I was all lined up to do the, the Graham Nortons of the day, like... Um, Simon D. Yes, Simon I mean, they, yeah. we put, and, uh, oh God, I can't remember what it was, but another, another couple of others there. And, uh, no, that was pulled by the BBC because there, there was a sort of possible litigation that, um, there was an not, implication of fruitiness. Well, yeah, well, I think that, I don't, they never mentioned that, but I'm sure that was something to do with <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nobby Styles' manager said, "We're going to take an, uh, an what it's, whatever it's called, an inventory or an invoice yeah. or something, <laughs> you know, so you can't, they can't be played." Um, and so you that said there was down. a third one that, that yes, got there was. Uh, the, uh, the the third one was, I mean, you can understand this, was off a Goodies record, and it was called um, Nothing to Do With Us, which meant all the songs were actually extremely un-Goodyish, is it? Right, yeah. Pretty naughty ones about eating your pets and things like this. <laughs> and this one was called Blowing Off, and I... I li- <laughs> Come on. But it's a great song. It's some of my, I think... 
that I'm proud, really proud of the lyrics of Blowing Off. Graham got to sing it on the record, yeah. but uh, not live. I always took the best songs live. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I really do, you know. I th- give us, I give do- us a little recitation. Oh, I can't remember about Can you that. not? I re- no, I really can't. You know. How funny! But, my um, boys would like that. Oh about yeah, blowing off it's, my a, kids. it's a really good story, you know. No, I, I can't remember. Well, well, it's, it's, it's a talking blues, anyway. It's talking. It's, you know, yeah. It is. Bright. It is such a thrill to have you in the studio. Thank you, Bill. Because nice be you, you, you've been—I don't want to say you've been around forever, because that sounds a bit rude. Oh, oh yes, oh, that's what but I feel. I, I grew up <laughs> watching you. I grew up watching you, and I, you know, I remember as a kid watching the goodies. Mm. And I had never seen anything funnier. Literally no. lying on the floor, holding my stomach, <laughs> with the the, there was the the things that I remember in particular were the giant Dougal from the Magic Roundabout. Yes. Oh God! Yes, that was in the credits, so it really oh, sticks in your mind. That yeah. was funny. And the yeah. s- looking for the source of the M1, <laughs> and I don't know why that one has stuck in my mind so much. But th- it was just literally, yeah. you know, when you're a kid and you you cannot stop laughing and it hurts. I had yeah, that with uh, you. Well, well, I'm really glad, and and you know, I don't want to undermine that in any way. But you're not the first. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> and, no and it's it, huge. It's really sweet, and on in. Australia, particularly, where they show the, the shows even now quite yeah. a bit, you know. And I've been in there two or three times, and people are like, nah, blimey, you're part of my childhood, mate. <laughs> do you, do you, you, you mentioned getting banned by the BBC, I, yeah. and I know a little bit about you. I've read your autobiography from a few years back, and oh I've looked at also, um, yeah. I know all the dark secrets. Um, yeah. BBC don't seem to like you very much, do they? They keep, they keep seeming to pull the plug on you, and I, I don't get it. Well... Oh, that's it's one of the mootest points, and I very rarely talk about it much. But um, I have been a little puzzled. I have to admit mm. myself. Uh, down the years, in fact, I don't think that's really been true. You know, I was with the Goodies that lasted forever. Then I, I moved over to the wildlife side. I always suspected that some of the the hard nut wildlifers from in Bristol, you know, where the natural history unit is, sort of, you know, oh, clearly not a proper wildlife person. Really, I always them, but I had no proof, yeah. I must admit. But I made natural history programs for about 10 or more years yeah. there, my own series, lots of my own series, and then of course it focused all on Spring Watch and Autumn Watch, which had two sort of pilot versions before it got there mm. in other years. But I still did about four or five years on that, and yeah. then uh, the, it, it all fell apart one autumn when we were filming on Brownsea Island down in Dorset, lovely place, red squirrels and everything. Yeah. And usually a film crew. And, because uh, <laughs> they're all easy to film. But, um, <laughs> and it was in that, it was a nasty atmosphere all the time. And I think collectively there were several things contributed to it. One was it was just about the time of Jonathan Ross and, uh, what's his name, uh, Oh, Russell Brand, Russell Brand. That that was all over the papers all the time. So we were constantly getting warnings from our producers that the the, the lawyers were watching. Oh, everyone at the BBC was terrified. I know know they were. And it it spilled over to to us, but there's a limit to what they can really tell you Mm. on a live programme as well. And I I felt at the time, because I... I felt I was 
there was an atmosphere or something mm. like that. And I worked like crazy on those programmes. It was, it was virtually day and night, and I was recording things during the day for it, and I'd come up with scripts for it and everything else, you know. And um, it was a wonderful show to do. And I was then just before Christmas, I think, or not long after that series, called in to um, the office, whoever it was, and and said, we won't be asking you to do the next series. And, you know, I was absolutely gobsmacked, I have to admit, and very and very hurt and very upset. Mm. And I, I never, to this day, I do not feel there was a proper explanation mm. of that. The other side to it, an eventual side to it, was, you know, I've, it's fairly well known that I'd sort of been fi finally diagnosed as being bipolar in nature, which shouldn't take much spotting. As one doctor once said to me, if you only have to watch the goodies, you obviously are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. That's, that's manic depression, whatever there was, you know. And, um, and I think I might have been hyper, but not dangerous or anything like right. that. I never have been. Perhaps during that filming period, and was very impatient with people if the jobs right. weren't being done well. But you know, this is live television, and you're on the line, and if somebody's failed to hand you. you something, yeah, yeah. And uh, to this day, I would say, well, I don't know, doesn't seem but justified to me. There's also the treatment of the goodies because yes, that's everyone, if, and we'll, we'll get onto fun stuff, and we'll talk about the book. I promise. I don't mm. want this to be a whole downer, but. <laughs> We can do it if you want. But, you know, obviously Monty Python, and I know you work with the Pythons, and, and you know, Monty Python, well, Monty Python. But, but, but the, the goodies, they never get repeated. Then, no. as far as I'm aware, there's only a handful out on DVD, if any. No, there's quite a lot. Oh, have they done that There now? are quite a lot on right. DVD. Whether they're in the shops, I don't know, because uh, since the development of Amazon and digital music, I uh, I never go to record shops anymore, yeah. largely because there aren't any. Yeah, 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 they're all gone. <laughs> You know, so you're never going to see it sort of stacked up there. But there are a fair number. It took and a while, though. They were late to come out, weren't oh they? Oh, God, yes. For and years, the, and you the repeat things was baffling. We For several years after we finished... I mean, it, it, it may be you're never forgiven at the BBC if you actually ended up going to ITV at some point, which yeah. we did, because the BBC wouldn't... Um, fix any programmes or series, you know. Yeah. So we don't know yet. We're going to wait and see whether we've got the budget. And eventually, Mr. ITV came over and said, "Come over to us. We'll pay you a lot more." And they did. Yeah. We earned far more from ITV in in one year than we earned in ten years. Wow. You know, it really was like yeah. that. So, offer you can't say no to, particularly really. But nevertheless. It then that that finished and somebody else comes in, you know, somebody who used to work at the BBC suddenly pops up at ITV and said, I'll find it once, I'll do it again. Yeah. You know, this yeah. sort of thing. And um <laughs> and 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 then it we, we just then fell into this mode of are we? Uh, how are they ever going to bring any shows out? You know, or anything like that. There didn't seem to be any danger of doing any other programmes of any kind. Um and we never, again, we never really found out why. We suspect there was one wonderful piece of BBC Think. It isn't just BBC Think, but sort of excuse, excuse was something like, um, we only bring VDs out of shows that have sold well. 
Well, and you minute. say, but they won't sell well if you haven't brought them out. And then try and get away with that. There one. is a what lot of that um, strange BBC. Lo- I, I worked the BBC. They sacked me because I, I had an argument with a, with a bigot. I called a bigot a bigot. But I still love the BBC. Yeah. But there is a lot of strange thinking that goes yes, on in that is, place. Yeah. And you can't yeah. make sense of it. No. I want to talk more about the comedy in a minute, but, 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 you've got a book out. Yes, I do, yes. Now, do you remember the title of the book, Bill Oddie? I do, it's rather convoluted, and I'm sorry to use such big words at this time of night, but I know your excellently educated audience will understand it. The convoluted, the short, <laughs> is, um, I won't remember this. Come on, you said you Con- knew it. Yes, I do, nearly. Uh, confessions of a Ludicrous Bird Garden. Are you sure? No, no, Tales, Tales from you. a Ludicrous Bird garden. Tales from a ludicrous bird garden. The only key words you want from that are ludicrous and garden. Right. And if anything ludicrous should come first. Okay. Because it, it also says on the front uh, of, of the book, very garish colourful cover, quite fun actually look at that for ages actually um, but, Buy it uh, just for the cover guys right, Forget yeah. the words inside. No, no, don't forget them. No, no. A bit of both <laughs> they follow on, they belong together um, but <laughs> Uh, no, we, I've got, we've got that. I insisted on this little strap over the bottom of the um, uh, of the book, of the cover, saying this is not another book telling you how to lure wildlife into your garden. Right. Because there are far too many of them. I mean, uh, and then I write a little bit in the foreword about that, but there are. Right. I'm not knocking them, yeah. but I don't understand why publishers just bring out essentially the same book with a slightly different title yeah. year after year after year. It's not about that at all. It's more, we think of it more of a sort of um, autobiography in a way is the, uh, is, encompassed is a, in the garden. It's, it's, it's your relationship yeah. with gardens throughout yeah, with your my, life. With my own gardens. You were telling but it's me... not even outdoor, you know. Right. I mean, there's bits of it where there's, uh, I think there's one section on the, the birds and animals that have managed to get into our back room. <laughs> Another one, is know, there anything it. more exciting than a bird that's flown in, inside a house? It's good. Oh, Oh, it's the most exciting yeah. thing. Everyone panics. Yeah. The bird panics. Yeah. Someone tries to open the window. Oh, yeah. it's brilliant. Well, I, I, and this is where I'm called on. You see, my 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 family are not 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 edgy too much, <laughs> but I don't think they like it much. And if it's a wasp or a bee, they're oh. really in trouble. But uh, you know, there's something in the back room. There's something in the back room. And <laughs> where's Bill? Where's yeah, Dad? Yeah, Come on. Yeah, and so. I, I come in that, and of course I I can pull rank here. I say it's okay. Look, listen, I was a ringer. You know, I used to ring birds. Too. Now this is you were telling me this. This is where you would catch yeah. a bird, yeah. and put a little ring on its legs yes. to say that you'd spotted it. And well, it's just no. It all goes into a huge data bank. Of course, it's all digitalised now. They actually yeah. put a um, uh, an area and a speaker on the back of the bird, sort of thing. Do they? It's absolutely stunning. Oh yeah. wow! It's fantastic. Little tiny doings it is, which you know can tell you where the bird yeah. is. And what it's doing. Oh, There's some wonderful stuff going on like that. But in those days, it was very primitive. You put a ring on, it used to say, inform British Museum, as if you knew how to do that, <laughs> and a number on it. And um, basically, if you ever found a bird with that ring, it's yes. unlikely to drop off. Yeah. You might find a dead one sometimes. And if you're in an area where people are professionally, as it were, trapping birds, they do get quite a few what they call retraps. Right. But in my day, 
I was still only a teenager and I wasn't allowed to do all that. But there were some sort of uh, black market rings available and there were little plastic rings and they were coloured and there was a little thing like a spoon. Like a horse? Uh, the, yes. You're right. Whatever you're saying, you're right. I oh, know. Horse. Um, not a horse. Shoehorn. 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 <laughs> mixed up with it is, It's 20 horses. past 10. That's right. Thursday. Tiny little thing would go on the bird's leg. Yeah. And then you let it go and... At least in those days, if I saw the same colours, I'd know, oh, that bird's been coming back for a couple of years now, right. and that sort of thing. Tell me the story about, you were telling me just before we came <laughs> back, your poor granny. Oh, God. Yes, well, my, my, my granny, I won't go on too much, she's quite little, she's a little tiny granny, and uh, there was no mother at home, and my dad was off at work, so my granny was my only company around the house, and I don't think she cared for me very much, and I wasn't that keen on her oh, for a while, but, but I managed to put her to work. And she was very willing and very good um, because I would m- I'd made these little chicken wire traps. They were really just a box, yeah. and one side was held up by a little stick, yeah. and a piece of string then tied onto the stick would go back towards the house. Yeah. And you might be thinking, well, I would be hidden somewhere with the string, but no. No, hidden behind the, the 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 little shed we had was Granny, and she had the end of the string. And so I'd go halfway down the garden so I could see, and I put the bait in the trap, you know, something like that. Yes. And the minute there was a couple of usually blue 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 tits and and and, and great tits, I'd have to signal to it, pull. <laughs> she didn't. She yeah, and she could... and she yanked her, yanked him away, and and. Uh, I, I, the proof is there yeah. because I still have a little exercise book really? with the names, oh, Bill. with the names of the birds and the measurements that I used to take, you know, and in my granny's handwriting, oh. the name of the birds and the date and that. And of course, she wobbly old handwriting. I can't read a word. Of it. Yeah, yeah, of course, old ladies' handwriting. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, They've got exactly the same writing. Yes, they do actually. Oh, what it's, treasure yeah. though! To but, still but, have that. And the the other, she sort of in a funny sort of way got her own back for well, it, well no I wasn't being nasty to her I think she found a great deal of satisfaction to contribute to yeah. modern ornitho- ornithology you know yeah. she would but um, <laughs> there was one she did shame us all all being me and my dad because in that garden the edge of Birmingham we just let the lawn, that's all there was, a lawn and bits of tangly-bangly stuff around the lawn, and we just let it go. You yeah. know, my dad wasn't interested, I wasn't interested, I'd rather have a, a big, long grass lawn, you yeah. know. Um, and uh, my granny, though, were, it was in front to her in case anybody came round to play Scrabble or Whist or something like that, you know, and say, oh, that lawn, I'm sorry, they won't touch it, you know. <laughs> they won't touch it, none of them, they won't do it. I'm going to have to do something myself. And with those <laughs> words ringing in my ears, a couple of days I came home from school and I look at Chris and said, Where's Granny? I'd just been through the house. And I was on my own and said, where, where the dickens is she, Granny? Where is she? And I went out into the garden and I looked out over this grass as tall as elephant grass or something, yeah. and it was just gently swaying. How it, it, I thought that's just like you get when there's an elephant or a tiger or something going through. You can't see it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was swaying. So I, I, I tiptoed towards it, and eventually found in the middle of the lawn, completely invisible for me, as Granny, <laughs> in an apron on all fours. Oh no! 
cutting the lawn. No, no. With a pair of scissors. Oh, no, Bill, she wasn't. <laughs> she was. Oh, God, that is brilliant. That is, <laughs> you couldn't write that, could you? I did. <laughs> I did. I didn't make it up, but I did. That's oh, exactly, that I wonderful. hope that gives you an idea of the sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it's anecdotes from that period, and I've got a lot the present garden, I live in North London, which, that's the ludicrous garden, yeah. because my wife gave me the title, one day she came out into the garden, which I do tend to make strange areas in, and not just plant things, but build things and things like that, and she just came out, she hadn't been out for ages, because yeah. it makes her feel funny, and she, <laughs> she just went, this garden is ludicrous. <laughs> So, thank you, darling. That's 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 exactly what I'm trying to do. That's the look I'm going <laughs> it, for. I exactly, love you too. Exactly, exactly that. And she's never been in there since. That's the truth. But she has got a rather nice conventional garden on a little flat roof we've got. So we're, we're both that way. But um, the ma that's the main garden, and there's a lot of characters in it. Yeah, I'll whet your appetite. Yes. <laughs> so the book the book is tales from a, a ludicrous bird garden. Yeah, forget the bird bit. It's they, just a garden. They told there you to put that word in. Yes, that's right. The you say, oh no. You never say it if you don't put bird in. I think, but yeah, it's misleading. Doesn't matter. You go with it. Uh, and there are birds in it. There's, yeah. there's quite a lot about how some of our neighbours hate some of the birds. Right. There's, there's I'd relish the fight the next door neighbour had, not literally with, but um, because of the parakeets, which you've probably um, seen in London. Yeah. And they're spreading all over the place. And of course, early morning parakeet noise is, is quite loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's going on like this, and uh, but he really took against it. You know? Really? Oh yes. And he, he's, he's. They always blame me. I came out of the house one morning and said, "When are you, when are you going to do something about those parakeets?" I said, what do you mean? When am I oh, are you going to do something but about you're the bird man. Yes, that's I've right. I've seen yeah. you on telly. No, I've been blamed for all sorts of things like We've that. got, um, <laughs> I live out in Windsor. And oh, yes. Well, you've certainly got them down there. We've got these, yeah. these lovely green parakeets. And on a, on a good day, if you mm. look out in the back garden, there can be 30 or 40 of them in the trees. Beautiful. Absolutely. Listen, at the roosts, because they make big roosts in winter in some places. And there was one at um, uh, uh, Isha Football. No, Rugby Ground. That's right. Yeah. And I filmed that way, way long ago, and there was something like 6,000 birds came in. You know, it was incredible. Yeah. All these poplar trees were just dangling with birds. Wow. It was beautiful. But uh, they're not welcome down our road by some of the people. And <laughs> so I had, to, I had to put up with, to a certain extent, of attempts to scare them away, which included um, putting up a great big pole with a paper kite dangling in it, right. which is supposed to look like a kite. Yeah. You know, not just a they paper kite, fall but for a real kite. stuff, do they? No, they don't, oh. exactly. And I had to say, listen, listen, I'm sorry. I, you're not, it's not going to work. You know, you put a kite up there for a start the kite is not a predator of any kind you know they just eat sort of bits and pieces out the road and all that and it's not going to impress or worry the parakeet especially because it's hanging upside down <laughs> <laughs> bill we have to take a break because i've missed two already um uh, this is talk radio i'm ian lee bill oddy is with me uh, let's have some ads Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> We're just chatting about Bill's garden. Tell me, how, when you say an infestation of rats, how many rats? Yeah, uh, 
I reckon... By the way, we... stay there, Philip. We'll come to you in a minute. Philip's um, got a question for you, but we'll come to that. Uh, am, am I on now? You, we're on the radio now. Oh, right, yes. brilliant, right. Um, yeah, anybody who doesn't like rats, don't worry. I haven't got any in the studio, and I'm not going to stuff any down the airwaves. So, <laughs> there we go. But, um, no, I, I, uh, I was in by the back door, which looks out of the garden, and I saw a couple of rats down on a flower bed. And yeah. we don't have them all the time by any means, so I wasn't that shocked. But the next day, it was a couple more, and I thought, ooh, this is getting a bit worried. My wife, by this stage, was naturally saying, we've got to get a man in. I don't know who this man is, but he gets the called by every person. The rat yeah. man. That's a rapper, isn't he? <laughs> and, um, but, uh, and I said, no, 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 no. It, 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 it's just, this often happens, just three or four, and they'll disappear. And then, I think it was one afternoon, I was by that window, and I saw several rats climb over the fence right by the window from the next door house, mm. and I couldn't believe it. This continued oh, God. for about five or ten minutes, and they just flowed over like a river of rats. And that's a great and name for it's a band. Good, isn't it? River of rats, absolutely. And we have those little cage bird feeders, <clears> and someone managed to get inside. So there were six rats in one feeder, mm. and of course, as soon as I opened the door, they panicked like mad. They couldn't get out. Mm. The people were going, oh, and the little baby ones who are quite sweet. You know, if you actually see a baby rat, it's it's easily mistaken for a mouse. But there must have been, I reckon, definitely a hundred rats went yeah. over that point. They like. they dissipated quite quickly, if that's the right word. Um, and eventually, a rat man was called to yes. um, pronounce on this, and he said, "What well, I don't know, um, I probably migrating." And I said, no, they're not. They don't migrate, you know. They don't suddenly decide... He picked the wrong house to bullshit. He he did, didn't he? Animal facts. And and I said, no, 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 there's something else going. I said, there's some... And and I said, I don't know if there's anything to do with it, but next door is having the whole of that house gutted and rebuilt. And he said, ah. Mm. And I said, was there, he said, was there a lot of drilling? And I said, yes. There's a great deal of drilling and stone banging and that. And he said, oh, well, in that case, they're flying, as it were, away from that. They're running away from it. And the reason is probably lost in history, but in the olden days, when they didn't even have houses, they used to have um, um, earthquakes. Yeah. And so yeah. animals, rats included, would go, hello, the yeah. earth's moving, we better get out of here. And I think that's exactly what they thought. My yeah. mother-in-law's Greek, and she was on um, Zakynthos when there was a huge earthquake, I think in the 50s. She was a little yeah. girl. And she just said, the rats, the rats were are. everywhere. It's like, it was a sea of rats. Yeah. Uh, Bill, we've got a question. There's some headphones there, sir. Oh, yeah. If you put them on, if you follow that cable around, there should be a little volume lead. Oh. A little volume knob at the end of that cable. Um, let's go to Philip. Hello, Philip. You're good through to me. Good Audie. evening, Bill. Bloody um, hell. Uh, I'm, I'm really loud. Is it too loud? I'm going to come and turn you down. He's going to come and turn me down. Believe you me, I've been turned down many times. How's about that? A little bit more. Okay. Up. Up. Yes, that's lovely. Is that it? Lovely. Beautiful. Can I have a bit of echo on Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Bill. Before I ask my question, Bill, I've got a copy of Nothing Better to Do. Oh. Oh, yes. Which is your great record about the uh, day trips down to Brighton on motorbikes. Well, that's what he played at the beginning of the programme. Oh, did you? I tuned in late. Ah, and that's what you missed. My question, Bill, (laughs) how did you get to film those amazing raccoons 
in Central Park at midnight. <laughs> oh, there was nothing to do with that song then. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> well, to be perfectly honest, in, that was in Central Park, as you say, and the raccoons there are... I suppose the nearest equivalent here is urban foxes, mm-hmm. and they're raiding all the, the, the rubbish boxes and so on and so forth, and... Uh, and you just wait, and suddenly little black and white head, of course you look a little bit like a cross between a badger and a bear or something, you know. And uh, I was a bit naughty, actually, because <laughs> one of them was jumping. Yes, I remember. <laughs> he was jumping from one, one from, from the edge of the basket out onto a tree or something, or the railings, and I just moved the basket yeah. about three inches. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I mean, Isn't the were so full, weren't they, as well? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But it's, I, I don't know to what extent and they control them. I mean, all oh. Americans have a understandable bit of a thing about them, you know, so yeah. they're not encouraged, but I don't know how much culling or control there is. Philip, those, thank those, you. Those, pro- those programmes are really wonderful. I mean, you had thank the one you. on the birds of New York. Yeah, and I love that programme, actually. I was very you? fond of that. I should warn you, Bill, once we get Phil started, there's, there's oh, no... Really? So I'm going to cut him off now. Thank you, Philip. OK, thank, thank you. you, Philip. That's, that's, you can take those headphones off now. I, wa- I do want to talk... I do want to talk comedy, but, but, but... I also... Th- you mentioned something before you came in. Um, I did read George Bogfi a couple of years ago. How long ago did that come out? The... Uh... It's probably... You know how time flies yeah. like them clappers at this stage in life, and it's probably about eight years or Is something it? I read like it a couple that, of years it? ago. Yeah, it's and probably it, something like that. It was... Because um, uh, I suffer from depression. Not manic depression, but I have depression, and yeah. I... You know. So and you know to hear... Read your account. If I got this right, you kind of first became aware of it when you were you were driving and you got a speeding ticket. Or I think that was they always. If one's discussing depression, as you will no doubt know, somebody will say, um, "What set it off? What was the trigger?" Yes. And sometimes you're perfectly within your rights to say. Um, there wasn't one, really. Yeah. But in this case, it wasn't the incident itself. It's the way it just nagged at me. And yeah. I I'd, I'd got uh, a speeding summons for speeding about f- five miles, honestly, Governor, over a, a temporary 60-mile-an-hour thing yeah. on a motorway. So, and, I, and, and I just couldn't get, a, I couldn't get the injustice off my mind. Mm. I thought, that wasn't even signposted. You know that they sometimes put things down in there. I, that was a 60-mile-an-hour. I didn't even know, you know. So uh, I haven't lost it. I'm still bitter. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and I was also thinking, I'll, I'll get. I hadn't got lots of points or anything on my license, but I, I thought I don't want to get banned or anything. This has really wrecked my life at yeah. the moment, you know, because I did drive a lot for film locations and that sort of thing, and completely out of proportion. I remember that just nagging at me all the time, and I think I was beginning to drive people bar me around me because mm. I'd look for comfort, you know, and sort of say they they won't actually do anything, will they? Mm. For that, you know, I'll be okay, won't I? But it, it, it you know, I make a meal of it as it turned out because um you know i had to get my producer to come along he volunteered to come along and say you know he'd never known me do anything mm. you know and uh which was mainly true yeah not anything that he saw anyway yeah. <laughs> But how are you? Fe- how are you feeling? Are you feeling all right now? I'm feeling that. Did you say that because I don't look it? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you look wonderful. You look radiant, <laughs> Mr. Roddy. Well, no, I do feel fine now. Uh, I mean, the horrible thing with this sort of thing, whether it's depression or uh, the various um, offshoots of that kind of thing, is you never really know whether you've been cured or not. You know, I mean, I've had this on and off for, I imagine. 
at least 10 years, I right. think. One of the interesting things is it didn't emerge in any way I recognised before that, you know. Yeah. That's how late it was, yeah. you know. And then it took about, it took those 10 years for some psychiatrists to decide to say, um, have we considered bipolar here? Wow. And my wife in particular, bless her, were, were saying, yes, <laughs> would we please do that, you know. And I was finally put on lithium and it, the effect was fantastic really yeah i remember a couple of weeks later um ringing up my daughters and them saying dad's back oh wow <laughs> so that was good oh, wow. but there've been there've been some there've been some pretty dodgy it gets periods, it gets yeah. dark they've been ve very dark you but know i've gone the the sleeping pill route twice and really wanted to end it you well you just, try, you tried to you, kill yourself I took the pills, yeah. I, I think basically... Oh, it must have been in the sun when it existed. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, no, know didn't believe it. That's I, I don't, only, talk, only mention this if you're comfortable. You know, I don't want to... No, go, I, don't I don't mind. It's, it's been mentioned occasionally. I just okay. don't want to, to go over it again because I decided having... You know, started having these various bouts in various forms... Um, I don't mind talking a bit about it. Yeah. I got a lot of people saying they were glad that I and other people did, you know, yeah. other people who have that. Um, but I thought I, I gave some, what I thought were quite useful, I gave a couple of lectures almost to GPs, a room full of GPs in London and Birmingham and Bristol or somewhere. And they wanted to find out more from a bipolar sufferer, yeah. as it were. And I had quite a lot to say to them, actually, because um, that's where it starts. You know, mm. if they fob you off with stuff or don't push you into the right people or they don't recognise it. Mm. I said, if anybody comes in with depression, ask about whether they have the the um, the upside of it as well, the manic side of it as well. Because, obviously, if they are in a manic period, they won't go to a doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of course, course they're they superhuman. You think, I'm great, yeah. I'm fine. Unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've been very lucky that there's never been anything sort of... Um, you know, I've had, I had a couple of friends who, one of them was bipolar and sold up his house and God knows what else, you know, crazy things. Uh, and I've been very fortunate that hasn't happened. But I, 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 I do now recognize looking back periods where I was hyper in the extent that I, it was actually almost a good thing, you know, as I'd work, right. I could work very fast, I could come up with scripts yeah. very quickly, and unfortunately, I think it's, it also has a certain amount of impatience with other people you're working with. Because they're not working at the same no, speed that exactly, your brain is going. Exactly, and, and so, I think that's as bad as it gets, but, uh, and, you know, it, I, I can't say goodbye to it. I don't know. There was a period over this last Christmas where it wasn't, thank God, active depression. Yeah. It was the just lie in bed and can't get up yeah, type of yeah, depression. Yeah. But I didn't feel, you know, I didn't feel that doomy. But. Just as we were coming on, you mentioned you were suffering from auditory hallucinations. <laughs> is, yes. that, is that connected, do you think, or is that...? Uh, no, I don't think it is. It's, uh, this, if, if any of your listeners have anything to say on it, either tonight or any other time for the next six years, keep going. <laughs> um, it was about, about sort of three months ago, I think, and I was working in my office and I could hear what sounded to me like a band and a, a vocal and occasionally a sort of announcer type voice. And I went out onto the landing and said, Laura, is that you? 
I said, what? I said, are you playing the radio? No. He said, no. Said, oh, that's strange. Anyway, cut on very long story short, that kind of thing continued and has continued. I had a right old go today at lunchtime. And, um... And it's, it sounds absolutely real. It sounds totally real, but it's... It, I, it's it, the best description is it sounds like a radio in, next door. Right, yeah. You know, and of course, if you follow it, it either goes with you or sometimes fades. It's when I go, for, for weeks, I was sort of going around the house thinking, somebody's playing music around here. Gosh. You know, there's a band practicing. And that's one of the other weird things is everything, everything that I hear is like uh, a brass-heavy big band mm. with uh, vocals, mainly male, occasionally female, and with this sort of announcery voice that goes, which has to be BBC in the 1950s or something, you know, sort of thing. You're not picking but, up radio waves in your head, are you? Like people well, used to do with their fillings. Who knows? Who Isn't knows? That interesting? Who knows? And uh, I, I've read about it now. Naturally, there's sort of American professors written a book on it and that. And it's not that unusual. Right. Um, often, it's, it's, it's generally accepted. Now, I can, I can think this is right actually that it's an extreme form of tinnitus because right. i get a very it's not big but i can get i've constantly got in my left ear a slight hiss yeah i didn't even notice it most of the time and then i'm thinking wait a minute i've got that there now but i haven't got that in this ear. and it's like the hiss it should be record shouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> this is the record going round. Yeah. He goes, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And tonight we present the BBC Light Orchestra singing songs of the South. You know. Because <laughs> I get tinnitus. Because I do this job and I have these headphones on. Well, I'm yes. too loud. Yes. So I, in a silent room, I've got kind of a jangling in my right ear yeah. and it's like a hum in the yeah. left. So well, so, so many people do with yeah. ear, ear, the life in earphones and, mm. and, you know, musicians. I know quite a few rock musicians yeah, who course. just had to take it for granted. You're friends with uh, the, one of my heroes, Dave Davis, from the Kinks. Well, I wouldn't say friends, but he was a lovely guy. And he I said, I, I tweeted him, him today, and uh, oh, he said, oh, you'll him. have fun with Bill. He's, he's, oh. he's, a, he's a legend. He's so. a very sweet guy. Isn't he? He really was nice, and he, he was on a programme where I proved once and for all that I was incapable of being taught how to play the guitar. Really? Yes. I cannot, I just can't, I'm having the same trouble with computers, and that's another story, but uh, but I just, I just can't sort of practice. Did you write all the like songs that. then? Was it were you on piano? No, no. You just no. Sang, sang them. I used to sing. I had a little cassette recorder, and I used to sing. Uh, first of all, a bass line and tap out a drum with my hands just on wow. the top, and then I'd put the tune on top. It wasn't overdubbed usually. Yeah. And uh, just sing the at the top, and then I go through the that with my MD or an, actually piano player. Most of the time, Dave, yeah. Mc, Dave McRae, um, who, you know, try some chords. And it was literally, I said, try, 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 give me a couple of chords. And, nah, nah, I don't like that, Dave. They, <laughs> they <laughs> must... They Bill must, Oddie, watch your language. Yes, I had to no, no, you. No, it's a music... I was trying to, um, I was trying to revive <laughs> language in the rock studio. Yes, you know, they must flip and hate you. Yes, that's right. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd have this team, this band of really hot musicians. Yeah. We had some really very good people and they're having to listen to me sort of singing things i mean my my most embarrassing moment when i look back at it i did a very 
very short, not particularly spectacular, um, uh, what they call it, uh, um, demo. Yeah. That's right, demo for with George Martin in yeah. charge. Wow. And I, I walked in, and even I, and now I know just how much you want, and there was sort of um, Rick Waitman on piano and John Paul Jones on bass wow. and so on and so forth, and, uh, and Mitch Mitchell. And <laughs> drums, and drummer at that point still wearing a little mod suit yeah. and everything else. Yeah. And I think I look back now and think I actually, for half an hour or less, I hope, um, was trying to show Mitch Mitchell <laughs> a particular <laughs> rhythm. You know, I wanted that bow diddly feel, dink dink dink, dink dink dink, that thing. That, that. One of the greatest <laughs> drum improvisers of all time. Um, <laughs> We've got Tony and Kyle. I said uh, we will come to you. I promise. I'll squeeze you in before eleven. Um, I, 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 the, 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 the comedy. How you, you you were in the Cambridge Footlights? Yes. I mean, it, it's 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 sort of gone into history, and well, it might, I suppose, because you know, I happened to be at Cambridge at a time which just followed on from Beyond the Fringe with Peter Cook yeah. and, and Dudley Moore and that. My years at Cambridge included John Cleese, Tim Brooke Taylor, Graham. Garden, Graham Chapman, and so on and so forth, yeah. you know. And so it's all luck. We just happened to be there at the right time. And we were also lucky. We, we have to put a good word for the BBC, and heaven knows we've only been joshing. Mm. We don't want to offend any BBC listeners who probably listen to talk radio yes, of course. instead of their programmes. But um, but no, they, they, they actually were in the habit of sending people along yeah. to look at the shows, you know, and at uh, um, and footlight shows and we kind of got our first radio break by that a, a producer coming along and said i'm going to try and get you guys on the radio you, know? you say luck and a lot of this business is luck and it's someone mm. being at the right thing but also talent i mean you mentioned chapman mm -hmm. cleese timbrook taylor Graham. it's you a know, pretty you, remarable bunch you were all eric idle as well. you, you were all incredibly funny and clever people and clever with the english language so there's there's luck but there's also a lot of talent in there as well well maybe to a certain extent you know that's one of the 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 oxford and cambridge sort of link is sometimes a bit of a, you try and play down really yeah. you know for god's sake the oxbridge boys you know and all this sort of thing but i guess there was a certain flair and an edge there and confidence probably confidence i think is a key thing for yeah. those well remind me of the name of the radio show because right i'm sorry i'll read that again uh, four Extra are playing it at the moment. They're, oh, are the they? BBC Radio Four Extra, they play it out throughout the day, so I get to hear it as I'm driving into work. Yeah. And it, it stands up. It's, it, it sounds mm. young, it sounds naive, but a lot <laughs> of it stands up, you know, and a lot of it is, you can hear Monty Python, you can hear the goodies yes, in course, it, you can yeah. hear, yeah. you can hear clever comedy from the late 60s and 70s you yeah. know what the, it, it coming yeah, from where that it came from source, yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i've always sort of likened the whole that particular comedy movement for what it is and i think i, think, I don't think there's been any quite as big mm. as that there's been a sort of manchester university mob and that sort of yeah. thing that kind of thing which is you know it's fabulous it's great and uh, i i, I like it more to to a music scene I used to say, well, it's a bit like bands, yeah. you know, where somebody, some the lead guitarist says, I'm going to leave, man. <laughs> I've got to get a different kind of music. I hear that in my head, light up with all the <laughs> And, uh, 
and they go somewhere else. And it was a bit like that, or yeah. you know, especially when they did. Uh, there was a show called Atlanta 1948 show, mm. which had which Tim Brooke Taylor was in, along with Cleese and Palin and, and Jones were in that. Yeah, they, I, think I think they probably were yeah. little bits or something. And then they did. I uh, and Graham Gardner and I did a show where they did films, and you know, it all it all made sense. And and I say it's quite there's a lot of sw- swapping around yeah. and there's got wife swapping. I never thought of it like that. Well, More I'm... like centre-forward swapping. We've got... Let me t- <laughs> Bill, put those headphones on. Let me know if they're too loud. We'll take a couple of calls and then we'll, we'll let you... Go. An hour's gone. Look at this. Um, let's go to Tony. Tony, what have you got for us? Oh, how are you doing? Hey, Tony. Hello. Uh, firstly, may I add, Bill, it's an absolute honour and a privilege to speak to an absolute national treasure tonight. Oh. Have you got a sausage in your mouth, Tony? It sounds yeah, very muffled. Very muffled, yeah. A bit uh, more top. Uh, I do apologise. Can you... <laughs> That's a bit better, yeah. Yeah, go on. Can you hear a little bit better? Go on, I'll yeah, translate. Yeah. yeah, well, I was going to say, firstly, Bill, absolute honour and a privilege to speak with a national treasure, my ad. Thank you um, very much. You, and you are such. Um, and I, um, Get to your question, you creep. Today. Come on, for crying out loud. <laughs> what is this? I'm not going to blow sunshine up. Please um, say so. Um, but um, <laughs> anyway, Bill, firstly, um, I have a question, Bill, with your experience and your knowledge. Mm. When I was a young child, sparrows as a bird yes. were in abundance in the UK. It yes, they were, point. yeah. Do we see and what's happening now? What has yeah. happened to the sparrows, Bill? Yeah. It's, um... It's a debated question amongst, you know, heavy ornithologists, the public, everything. <clears throat> and there's no doubt about it, because you have those memories of certain things, you know, swallows, feeding swallows in uh, Regent's Park. Even I used to when I first came to London, you yeah. know, and they'd be all over your arms and your hands. Uh, but it is true, they have um, diminished a very great deal. And for a long time, and I think even now, nobody's quite sure why. Yeah. It, it seems to be a combination. One is that there are less nesting places because they do like sort of scrubbly old places and, you know, buildings that are left quiet with some holes in the bricks and that. Bomb sites and stuff. Yeah, bomb sites and stuff, yeah. Uh, They are a terrific habitat. And... um, and also, uh, there seems to be, uh, well, the same sort of thing happening with insects. You know, if you used to go for a, you go for a drive when I was a kid and your windscreen, I wasn't driving when I was a kid, of course, my dad was one, um, and the windscreen would be covered in moths, you yeah. know, when you got home. It doesn't happen now yeah. at all. And... Um, when the young sparrows, when they're in the nest, they rely on caterpillars and small soft food, as they call it. Right. You know, so it's it, like it's like nearly every decline. Yeah. You know, the, it's uh, and there's a bit of shifting going on. If it's any slight consolation, I think some areas in I think in Wales and one or two more in Scotland uh, are actually not doing too bad. And I'm seeing a small increase okay. in Britain. A little flock established itself just down the road from where I live. OK. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, we've got time for one more quick question. Put those headphones on, please, Mr. Lord, Mr. Lord, Roddy. Uh, Kyle, can you make it brief? Uh, yeah, of course I can. Hi, Ian. Hi, Bill. Hello. Um, Bill, it was just a, it's great to speak to you. It was a simple question. Uh, being Coming as a working lad from Rochdale to ending up in Cambridge, was that difficult for you, or were people quite accepting? Uh, um... It wasn't difficult, and the reason entirely was um, I moved away from Rochdale. 
<laughs> now I now I think about it. That's the key thing because my dad moved to the edge of Birmingham yeah, when yeah. I was about seven or eight. And there's no no disrespect to Rochdale, which is terribly entertaining and is in the news frequently, as we all know, and will go on quickly. Um, and but I moved to the edge of Birmingham, and I. I went to King Edward School, Birmingham, which is a pretty high-powered school. It's not exactly a public school, but it's, mm. it's a great school, and it still is. I've visited there once or twice, and it's, you know, yep, that's a good school. And so I didn't feel intimidated particularly, went up to university, except because it was um, national service. Mm. It was just at the end of it. I missed it. But there were quite a few people who had done it, so there were some strapping 24-year-olds right, there, yeah. all playing in the Cambridge rugby team. <laughs> and as a rugby player myself, I took a couple of looks and a couple of trials and thought, I'm not going to make this. <laughs> Bill, I, I, I could talk to you all night, but I should let you go. We've had now, it's Tales from a Ludicrous Bird Garden That's is it. the book. I'm going to tweet the links and all of that. Get your people to pull their finger out and send me a copy very quickly literally one minute and as i'm thinking this question i think i know the answer to it oh well don't ask it well (laughs) i want to why are you not sir bill oddy have you have you have you turned it down have they asked you and you've said no not sir come on listen what i am is OB and I'm unbuttoning my thing there because what's going said, on here? It's I now hey. wear my OBE. Can I'm, you can you se- feel the presence? I've never seen one. He's wearing it. <laughs> well, I thought about three or four weeks ago. I thought <laughs> I thought this thing's been hanging up in my room. He's wearing it. Yeah, I always wear something around my neck. So yeah. that, that's it. It's tarnished already. It's so beautiful. I'll be complaining to the Queen. Um, but no, it would be embarrassing. I mean, this only just got in. I don't yeah. want to be disparaging to the whole idea but uh, if it had been three weeks later and Blair had decided to go to war in the Middle well, East I, would have, just, I wouldn't have taken you just it said no, no. no. Bill yeah. Oddie I love you so much oh bless you I really you do much. I've had thank such you. a lovely hour talking to you thank you so much the book is Tales from a Ludicrous Bird Garden uh, the BillOddie.com by the way is a brilliant website whoever's built that is a genius I love my it my daughter she's done a cracking job yeah Bill. she has hasn't she? Uh, with a bit of help from me but basically I can't do the technique Stuff, it looks wicked. She can. Uh, Bill, thank you so much. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. One, two, three. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Sweet, 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 sweet
Mr. Bill Oddy, I also believe Mr. John Peel was in there as well. Can we just have a moment's silence for uh, for that last hour of radio? That's what radio was invented for, kids. Flippin' heck. What a nice bloke. And um, I didn't even get half of the questions <laughs> that I wanted. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did, because that hour just flew by what an absolutely delightful gentleman the book tales from a ludicrous bird garden it's not really about birds they told him to put the word birds in to so it would sell more uh, what a delight kath come and come and join come join come join come one and all oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand you know after the the day we've had um, we, we've had such a good day and then to kick off the show with that hour with bill oddy i I kind of think we should go home now and I'll give my fee back to my boss because I can't I can't get paid for this. I can't get paid for having this much fun. Really, this is no job when it's like that. Look at me and Kath have both got stupid big grins on our face. Nicest gentleman ever. He's hilarious. Isn't he? He said, if you ever want me to come in again, I can talk about music. I don't suppose you talk about music. I went... Uh, yes, we do. Uh, look, this is what He's I, a massive jazz fan. Yeah, I know. I wanted to ask him about music. Because on his website, right, there's, his website's brilliant. There's a bit about him, and he, he doesn't really say a lot about him. He says, I, I, I'm really proud of the, the TV show. I'm really proud of my kids. And that's it. But then he's got a, a music page, and he just recommends loads and loads of music. And yeah. I was, I, th- there was so much... I wanted to I wanted to ask him about the you know how the the formation of the goodies. I wanted to ask him about music, what he was listening to as a kid. Didn't get any. Didn't get time to do any of that. Man, he can come in any time he wants. Wasn't that wonderful? I think he will. Good. I was tempted to get him to stay for a second hour, and I think I could. He would have. Yeah, I think he would have. I think he would have. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what this. That's what bloody radio's all about. That's what it's about. Is hearing people like that sharing their stuff. And because literally just before the, the, the mics went on, uh, uh, when we came in, he said, if you don't mind, I'm having these auditory hallucinations. Do you mind if I mention it on the air and see if people's got, if people have any kind of, you know, experience, experience with it? What a fascinating man. And I, I'll be honest, dear listener, we have had the best day ever. Right? Bill Oddy, brilliant. Although I couldn't be in the room when you phoned him up to see if he'd got in his cab or Yeah, not. that was strange. That was weird. That was weird. I, even I'll admit, that was a bit weird. Yeah, but I know why. Because I'm weird. No, because you were really nervous about it. I was, I was. You know, it's an unknown quantity. It's yeah. someone who's kind of been culturally important yeah, yeah. to you. And, you know, and you just don't want to mess it up. Uh, honestly, it was not an exaggeration. I remember being six or seven and watching the goodies and I thought I was going to die because I couldn't catch my breath. <laughs> just hysterics, you know, really laughing out loud. Um, so we did that. So we obviously we've had Bill on and that'll go out as a podcast probably next week at some point. Yeah. But today was the first annual talk radio game of tag stroke had stroke it uh, and if you've been listening over well we, we've only had the idea for a week by the way if anybody listening can remember the exact moment we came up with the idea because I, I, I neither of us can i think it's on one of the podcasts so can someone let me know how we came up with it it would have been one of those things where we'd have gone 
Right, i tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this. Was it off the back of hide-and-seek? No, 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 no. Are you it, sure? No, not directly. Not directly. I don't think it went back that far. Um, but the plan was that we would meet uh, at Speaker's Corner in London's, uh, uh, famous London's famous Hyde Park at the famous Speaker's Corner at three o'clock, and we'd play a game of tag, stroke had, stroke it. We were not playing um, Tiggy. Um, so we and Kath got there about quarter two. Mm-hmm. And, um, we think, and the weather was a bit, oh, it was kind of grey and it was raining, then it wasn't, then it was, and then we got there and it started raining. Uh, uh, will anybody turn up? Uh, well, first person there was Dredge, regular caller to the show. Um, he, he kind of rocked over looking all embarrassed and we all looked a bit embarrassed. It's like, well, what are we doing here? We're meeting in a park to play tag. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you'll hear all this tomorrow, by the way. This yeah. will go out tomorrow's show when we're in Manchester. You'll hear all, and boy, oh boy, have we got a special location to do the show in tomorrow night. I mean, really, what a, what a, a Manchester homecoming it is for us. Um, but, um, so you'll hear, you'll hear all the audio tomorrow, I promise. It may even be the last hour of the show, the it way is. it's going. It's an epic. It is. It's an epic. Uh, have you finished it? Yeah, okay. I'm going to put it in the system in and, a second. And, um, then who was second to join us was it bruce bruce, bruce came and then we had um a, a young german lady came up to us and she went you know she said hello what what is what is this and i thought she was a listener but you know because out, out, she looked geeky we, you know but my listeners i'll be honest they're normally quite geeky men and women well they look like us don't they yes they do and i went oh you're a listener she went no what is going on and I said, oh, um, we're having a game of tag. Tag, what is this tag? And we explained the rules to her. She went, oh, okay. May I play? <laughs> <laughs> we went, are you sure? She went, oh, I, I would love to. And it was, um, she'd been working in England for two years at Lash, this community that helps kind of um, people with, with learning difficulties, which I know a, le- a tiny, tiny bit about. So we were talking and I, I said, I, I, you, I, you really don't have to, if at any point you want to bail out, you go, oh no, this sounds like fun. I think it was like, a, I couldn't quite work out when our last day was. 29th. 29th, right, okay. So, um, oh, that was it. Because I, I, I thought it was the twenty, it's the twenty seventh. Okay, so it's almost her last day after two years. So she stayed. Then some Americans came along, uh, who we almost persuaded, but they were doing a scavenger hunt. Yeah, which was going to go towards their grades. Ridiculous. I mean, really. Um, and and then loads of people turned. I say loads. We had about twelve people, and over in the corner of this little bit of Hyde Park, there were some. Some young people, and I was being a bit of a dick because I was recording. I go over and went, "Hey kids, hey kids, um, we're going to be playing tag." How in a old bit. Was they? It was someone's birthday. It was someone's 18th, 18th birthday, and the girl who's claiming to be 18, I think they were younger. The girl who I think I think it was her 16th, but the girl who was claiming it was her 18th birthday had half a pint of wine. <laughs> She had just poured <laughs> half a pint of wine into one of those plastic pint glasses. Classy. And I said, we are, we're going to be playing had kids, uh, if you want to come and join us. And they went, yeah, all right, give us a shout when it starts. And five of them came and joined us. Three <laughs> girls and two really fast boys. Yeah. Really fast. And the girls, to be honest, it was deceptive. Because <laughs> um, they, they'd obviously had a, quite a bit of wine. Yes, they had. They were also <laughs> wearing very tight jeans. And I thought, yep. right, these are not runners. Oh my god! Well, everyone outran me in the end. Well, you came, me. you came in sports kit. Yeah, well, I thought that was the form, man. And you were worse than Dredge. Oh, I'm a terrible runner. Um, 
I hate sport. And we played, so, for about 40 minutes, well, for, well, for half of it, there were about 20 of us playing, and halfway through, the, the, the youngsters nicked off. There were some people sort of gathering on the fringes of the game who I think wanted to play, yeah. but Although we were just too busy. The Japanese people wanted to play. Yeah. I feel sorry for the Indian family that was sat in the middle of the green square, because we were using them as... Uh, to catch our breath. <laughs> if, if there was a chase-off between the, the person who was it and the person who was chasing, they just stand at either side of this Indian was, family. There was no home, there was no base. It was great. It was a perfect size bit of grass. It was, it was uh, delinea- delineated yes. by the fence and the pathway. Um, there was no homey. And we played the first game last about ten minutes. I was... There were three little boys, by the way, oh. all under the age of about eight. I think there was two sevens and a five. Yeah. Oh, God, weren't they adorable? Adorable. Fast, though. Fast. Well, one of them kept showing off doing cartwheels. I know. What, whilst being chased. I know. Outrageous. He was like the Ronaldo we've had. And you see when I got, I, I got the one, there was one that came up to me and said, Ian, I'm a fan of yours. And then when then he left, he gave me a big hug. Oh, it was lovely. Um, but when I got him, and I did, I, 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 we didn't let the kids off at all. No. We were chasing them. Um, and I tagged him. Did you see him take a tumble? Yes. I, I never saw you pushed, Boris Johnson him. I never pushed him. I never pushed him. He t- he, totally, he took a dive. He totally, I, d- I did I just a light cuff of the head. He went a cuff fl- of the head. Well, I had to reach him, so I just got That's his like head. That's in the rule book. If you touch any part of their body. Uh, well, at cuff- one point, I did touch one of them very, and um, with just my fingertips. But yeah. he swore I hadn't touched him. Oh, mate, no, I, I got mean, that. They were that was cheating a, their mate, that was on off. Periscope. That bit, you, you did not touch. I did. Him, I felt him. I felt his aura. No, you didn't. Um, <laughs> we had ten minutes, and ten minutes into it, I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm I'm going to puke. So we I, haven't factored any breaks, no, have we? So I very quickly introduced the concept of. Okay, guys, we've got 30 seconds left. Whoever's on it at the end of 30 seconds is on it for the next game. Thinking on my feet, you see. Um, and then we had then we had a break for a few minutes. Then we had another game. But this time, everyone put their bags down. Because yeah, the first yeah, one, yeah. everyone was carrying bags. Well, then I had my jacket on, yeah. and my phone was in my back pocket, and yeah. it was bashing my back. It was really slowing me down. Uh, so we, we, all, we all put our phones down, uh, our bags down, and I wasn't recording the second one, because I was carrying this digital recorder. And then... Uh, it doesn't really matter, having edited it. There's only so much heavy breathing anyone <laughs> needs to hear. <laughs> all the recording... I thought, I'll do a running commentary of the game. All the recordings may go... <laughs> Bruce, is it? <laughs> Um, and then after the second one, the, the young people left us, and um, uh, I saw an ice cream van, and I thought, ooh. That's my favourite part. Could, I could murder an ice cream. Um, so we didn't go to the ice cream van, but there was a little stand, and I said, guys, ice creams are on me. We've got, we've got to have an ice cream. And the sun, this is the thing, the sun had come out, and it was beautiful. It, the rain had, it was raining just as we were gathering, but then the sun came out, and it was beautiful. And we all went off, and we, we, we all had an ice cream, and we sat there eating ice cream and laughing, just laughing. And then we went back for the final game of All Man He. Now, That's my favourite. Which, which is, it, it, so I was on it, I was it. And then if I tagged um, uh, Kath, then me and Kath would be it, so we could tag. And then if she tagged someone, there'd be three people, and we until you're chasing one... Person. I wasn't the first person to get got either for a change. I was trying to fix it so that you'd be the last one. And I so wondered that you whether you'd be, you were doing that because be, there were so many times you could definitely have got yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but to, and I can see Bruce is caught. Bruce, I'll get to you after the break. Bruce has just got his breath back. <laughs> 
what was brilliant right there were so many things that were brilliant the 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 the, the, the two main things right for me were well, three things firstly that people turned up and thank you to everyone who turned yeah. up um it, what a joy and i hope you enjoyed it i hope you're as you're stiff and as uh, awkward as as we are now because we can't get out of our chairs but <laughs> but it, thank you so much right so that was great secondly having three kids there yeah oh it was a it was brilliant thirdly halfway through the first game when I, I stopped to get my breath and i say this in the thing but i looked around everyone was playing it to the best of their ability there was no one no one had their tongues in their cheek there was no postmodernism. there was no irony no one had sloped off and stood behind the no, barriers no 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 everyone had committed and i saw i didn't see 20 you know people in their 30s and 40s i saw 20 six seven eight year olds running around i mean screaming po- there was harsh <laughs> there's a lad called harsh who came right it's a lot of screaming <laughs> harsh and um you, you might have seen it on periscope uh, uh, he was getting out of breath right and i i was having a bit of a, a second wind and he was trying to get me, and I just put my hand out. I was going, come on, Harsh, take me. Sorry, mate, you that missed. That was tight. You did that to me I, as well. I did that a lot. It was the... Honestly, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. So, 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 so. We will go to, into breaks. I know I missed all the breaks and the other thing. Here's the thing. We're definitely going to do it again, and we're probably going to do it on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, because actually, a few people had to wag work yeah. to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we recognised that it was so much fun. A weekend's probably the best place for so it. So I think we're going to do it on a Sunday afternoon in the summer holidays, probably London again, I'm afraid, uh, but it, 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 it's just, here's the thing, I work on a Sunday morning, so my kind of thinking is, I do the Virgin show, finish at one o'clock, get to Hyde Park for, for two o'clock and we, we have an hour and we, we do it, that, so that's going to happen. But now we're thinking bigger than this. Well, first of all, I'm thinking there's money to be made as a fitness regime. <laughs> all these um, uh, um, army training boot camp camp things. Just play had for an hour. But here's the thinking, right? We're thinking bigger. And I need your help, dear listener. Do you live in, own, or are you the caretaker of a stately home, a school, uh, a disused factory? Is Have you got access to somewhere... Where about 30 adults can have a really good, and I mean a proper good, game of hide and seek. This is what I'm, this is what we want to do now. I think Bruce might have, might have mentioned hide and seek. I don't know. Some, someone mentioned hide and seek. It was you, was it? Kat? Yeah. Um, we, we, we want to play hide and seek. But we want to play, play it somewhere decent. I think it's got to be indoors. It's got to be in a building that's got rooms. It's got to have cupboards. And the owner mustn't mind. About 30. We'd have to limit the numbers on the hide-and-seek. And you know what? We would be respectful. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, adults and kids. But we want to play hide-and-seek. That is, is, is the next mission so we're going to start looking into that if you can help us with that that'll be awesome paul bruce stay there oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number this is, really is tonight the late night alternative on talk radio late night ian lee on talk radio we have ways of making you talk uh, you can listen to talk radio um on dab have you downloaded the talk radio app for your telephones or of course talkradio.co.uk no periscope tonight um let's go to bruce good evening bruce Oh, hip, hip, hip. <laughs> oh, mate, how are you feeling after uh, this oh. afternoon's activities? Well, you know, the thing is, after I left you, uh, left you both, I, I don't go, go into London as much as I used to anymore. I work a lot from home, so yeah. I've got to make the most of it. Yeah. And decided to walk around for quite a while. 
not really thinking about what I'd done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I must have walked about seven or eight miles in total. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I am really hurt now. We got, really um, we got back to Waterloo, because it's where the station is, and it was chucking it down with rain. Absolutely bucketing. Yeah. So we went and sat in Starbucks and had, um, uh, I think I had a peach iced tea. And, um, and we, so we sat there for about half an hour waiting for the rain to stop. And then I said, oh, the, the rain stopped. Let's, let, let, let's go back to work. And um, we, we were like two old people trying to get out of a chair. We couldn't move. <laughs> it was awful. And the thing is, because it, 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 it's just dawned on me why, right? Because it's not just, it wasn't just running. It was running and then changing direction a lot very, very yeah. quickly. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's not. It seems a lot simpler until you're actually playing it, and then you realise. I mean, I think at one point, uh, Catherine was pointing out the way that I was running backwards at times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was amusing her because, um, yeah, like you say, it's it's not the not the usual kind of things. Um, there was two things I wanted to say about today. If you uh, if you're about if one of those is you want to take me to court for some sort of injury, <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, buddy, you're on your own, Bruce. No, 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 no. We'll be, it's um, it'll be going to talk radio. I wouldn't be going to you. Okay, beautiful. I'll so, give you the yeah, email of Danny. Fine. Yes. Um, yes. Um, no, two things. So first of all, um, they often say don't meet your heroes, and I've done that before, and it's not worked out so well. Um, but meeting you and Cass today hey, in person yeah, was yeah. like meeting old friends, which is stupid because we've never actually met in person before. But speaking to you both for the last, uh, you know, year and a bit, yeah, it, actually meeting you today was amazing, oh, and you were so both so kind um, to see people and spend time with people, and just an absolute joy. And I just wanted to say thank you to, to both of you for that because you. you really made me feel welcome and i think everyone that turned up welcome um and i also wanted to apologize to everyone else there because bruce had terrible wind he had terrible wind (laughs) it was awful man we didn't want to say anything no but i did put people in an awkward position um but no what's quite unusual is that i like to think that i'm i'm quite good with people i phone up the radio station i do a podcast but meeting new people I find a bit awkward. Oh, yeah. Which is why I could talk to you and Kath quite easily, but everyone else I was not very talkative to, so I wasn't being rude. Oh, I, I don't think anyone would think... Well, listen, no. it's very good of you to say that. I don't think anyone would think that for one second. If you noticed, very, if you noticed early on when I was waiting for people to come, I kept walking away from the group because I was totally bricking it. I was totally bricking it. So I kept walking away going, I'm just going to look for these people and see where they are. And I was thinking to myself, Jesus, Ian, what, how, why, what on earth are you doing here? This is a ridiculous thing that you've arranged. And how the hell are you going to, um, you know, oversee this? They're expecting you to run it. So I get it, man. I get it. But I don't think anyone thought you were um, rude for a second. One of my endearing, uh, enduring memories of today will be watching Bruce really, really going for a seven-year-old. I, I mean, he was chasing that lad. <laughs> I, I was determined. I was determined. <laughs> he was really going for it. Finally, finally just about made it. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I can't believe how something so silly and juvenile yeah. is so much fun. And I think... I think I think what it is though is that it, as you said, like it was like when you were watching everyone, it was like watching a group of children, not a group of adults playing. And I think that says a lot because 
you know, I, there's a lot to be said about doing things as an adult that you do as kids. Like, if you stick a bouncy castle somewhere, especially like a kid's party, you really want all the kids to finish on it so the adults can have a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, you know? yes. Or even soft play. I like, I like, I don't tell my kids often to soft play because they drive me nuts. But I, if I am there, I look at it and go, why is there not one of these for me? Why yeah. is there one for the small people? Why is there not yeah. one for adults? Yeah. Um, so there must be something to do there with, like, going back to your childhood and reliving things. So, um, no, it was a brilliant idea, and I'm glad it's not going to be the only one. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to thank you for, for setting it up. Mate, it was, uh, thank you great. for coming. It was... Uh, last night I thought no one's going to come, and then a couple of people tweeted me, and I was... We were thrilled, weren't we, Catherine, yeah. with, the, with the people that, that came along. It was perfect. When we saw Dredge there, we were kind of resigned to, and happy, to just chase yeah. Dredge around. Uh, yeah, I thought three, three people... <laughs> three he people, we've got a game. He was cracking. I, I, I didn't... Again, didn't really speak to him. I've... He's, he's reached out to me on Twitter, so we're, we're following each other now. Uh, like, we, I mean, we were following each other in the park earlier, but now we're following each other on Twitter. <laughs> but, Bruce? Uh, yeah, it was cracking. It was lovely to meet you, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Um, it, and it, what was nice, it, it, there was, it was everyone... I, I, I didn't, you know, isn't it funny how we play these things up in our own minds? I, 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 you know, Bruce was getting on with everybody. Yeah, I'm sure I, no one thought he was rude. Thought that. Um, uh, but but, but we're, it was all a bunch of misfits. We were all a bunch of misfits there. You know, we, we couldn't have been more different. Um, but it was wonderful and everyone got on and there was no, um, as far as I could see, particularly when we were, you know, sat around having ice cream, there was no one off on their own. No. Everyone seemed to be no getting on. Everyone sort of chatting, you know... It was nice to see people who don't know each other chatting so warmly. Yeah, yeah. It was it was absolutely uh, lovely. So we're, we're going to do it again, guys. We're going to do it again. Paul's on the line. Good evening, Paul. Hi. I stand corrected with you. I'd miss it. What? what, what what's that? La- about our conversation last night about guitars. Yep. Yes, you do own a Gretsch Monkey's signature guitar. Jesus, we're still going on about this, mate. Yes, I know I do. Yes, I, I, I question it. I, okay, I admit it now. Yes, you do. Well, how do you, hang on a minute. How do you, hang on a minute. How do you know I own one? Because Google's powerful, isn't it? What? I just typed in on, I just typed in on Google this afternoon. Yeah. Famous people that own a Gretsch monkey signature guitar. And your name came up. Right. Well, Google's quite often wrong. Okay, Google could be wrong, but... There's a picture of you with it. There isn't that. No pictures of me with it exist. Well, from oh, it looks very much like you. No, uh, there is no picture of me owning a Gretsch Monkeys guitar. And do you know why? I don't know why. I don't own one. <laughs> I don't own one. I can't play guitar that well. Why would I spend that much money on a guitar that I can't play that well? Because you said your wife bought it for you as a present. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Kath. He didn't. Okay. I said that she thought it was it cost significantly less than whatever the made-up price I said was that it cost me. Okay, and apparently it says, as of today on the afternoon, on a website, yeah. famous people that do, own... Do you know why it says people. that? Because you were winding me up, obviously. Yeah, because I put it on the website. I don't own one. <laughs> I put it on there so that when you Googled it, it'll come up. So you've, okay, you've, so... you've apologised 
for saying that I didn't have a guitar that I don't have. So I'm apologising for nothing because I was right in the first place. Ex- then. You know, exactly. How small do you, you feel you now? Said, you also said afterwards that you owned a Rickenbacker bass. Yep. Is that true? It's true that I said that, yes. Is it true that you own one, though? Well, there's a question. What do you think? I'm not sure. Mm. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you that I own a Gibson SG bass. That's pretty rare. I couldn't care less. Okay. I thought I was, I was just trying... Salam alaikum, for goodness sake. I was just trying to apologise and admit... I thought... I thought I'd just done some research, and I was just admitting that I might have been wrong. But what? So, so where are we? Where are we now in terms of what guitars I do and don't own? I don't know. You're a guitar hero to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for calling. Well, what, what guitar do you own then? Don't own any. So you don't play guitar at all? Nope. Okay, that's fine. I just, I just. I play saxophone. (laughs) No, I do. I play saxophone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. I actually do. I actually do play saxophone. Are you are you big spider back then? No, I'm Ian Lee. (laughs) What about the trumpet? No, I don't play the trumpet. I play the bloody saxophone. Okay. Are you Corny Pine, then? No, no, no. I play, um, a Selma Mark VI. Do you know why a Selma Mark VI is so famous? I had a clarinet that's a Boozing Hawks. They make saxophones as well. John Coltrane used to play a Selma Mark VI. One of my heroes, one of my all-time heroes. Yes, just as good as Miles Davis, yeah? Uh, I would say, I would say significantly better. Porgy and Bess? Uh, they're not so bad. No, it's... They're not so bad. I give up here, and I'll try and be friendly, for goodness sake. Good night. Good night, Paul. Oh, man, that was sad. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> I love George Galloway. He's on tomorrow night between 7 and 10. I love the fact he's got beef with the sponsor of one of the shows on this station. And he's not holding back on Twitter. He's going for it. He's going for it. Yes, Dennis! Now that I'm waiting to see Ian. Uh, you're, you, you're, you're seeing Ian now. Oh, good, oh, good, oh. Now then, you're coming to God's country, to Manchester. You live in Dunstable, Dennis. It's the hide-and-seek. Yes. Turn the booze are called the Queen's Arms. Please, please, for the love of all that is holy, turn that radio off. You're, you're seeing Ian now. It's you. Yes, I know it's me. I don't want to listen to him. I think he's rubbish. Blame you, Adam. There we go. Anyway... Patricroft Station in, in, outside Manchester, yes. known as the Top House, an ideal place for uh, hide-and-seek. I spent many happy hours playing there when I was a kid. And as you're a big kid, it'll see you fine. Give you a bunch of fives in a minute, son. My Auntie Linda lives there. I was, listening, well, I was, I was being chased at hide-and-seek, and I opened the toilet door, 
What? And it was a long corridor with black and white tiles on it. My grandma was sat on the throne. She said, come in, darling, I'll hide you. And she spread her skirt out. She only went with it anyway. Where is this going? Uh, and everybody that came to the door said, no, I've not seen him and not seen him. What? So I won the game. <laughs> oh, so you hid under her while she was going to the toilet? I mean, she was having him a tittle. That is the what a charming I'm, story. I'm cutting that off. That is the most <laughs> disgusting... That is the most disgusting call ever. The olden days were rancid. He hid under his mum or his nan's... Nan's skirt. ...while she was having a wee. You dirty, <laughs> dirty git. It says everything, that, doesn't it? Good evening, Dom. <laughs> evening, boss. You all right? Don't get done. Get Dom. Get Dom. Pick a page between 21 oh. and 250. OK, if you go in too early, you get boring childhood stuff. If you go in too late... You get, um, like, their career in the 90s and the 2000s. So we're going to go, um, 132. 132. This is chapter 12. Yep. Okay. Right, I'll start from the first, start, first paragraph, right. Okay, thank you. We have to get, those who don't know, we have to guess the biography or autobiography that Dom is reading from. Okay, uh... Now, I'll be the first to admit I have dallied time from time over the years because opportunities have arisen. Oh. But I'm a man. I offer that not as mitigation but as explanation. Oh, hang on. This is going somewhere. Yeah, it's going somewhere Men good. think with their dicks more than their heads. Yeah. Men view casual sex in a completely different way to most women. Right. It just seems to be easier for men to stray because they don't have the emotional needs that women have. Wow. That's why men go to lap dancing clubs. That's why they have men's nights out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to hold up in a court of law, but carry on. <laughs> I love the way that trailed off, yeah. <laughs> there are women, of course, who are able to approach sex with the same dispassionate approach as men, wow. but frankly, they're thinner on the ground. Is it, um, stop the clock? Stop the clock. Is it, um, real stringy? Peter Stringfellow? Yeah, I was just thinking that. No, it's not. Okay. okay. Actual stringy. No. Start the clock. There's nothing here that's giving a clue to us to indicate who it's, it is. It's a shagger. So. It's a shagger. Okay. It's, okay. A, it's a male shagger. Remember you said that, okay. Oh. Uh, these dalliances I had occasionally happened. Hang on, let me say that in English. These dalliances I had occasionally happened because try, I try didn't realise. I had occasionally try and call happened. Up, try and call up before you've uh, you've had a few drinks next time. It's all I'll, it's all I'll say. It's the only criticism I'll give you, because otherwise this is okay. going great. Yeah. Okay. These dalliances that I had occasionally happened because I didn't realise I was upsetting Melinda. <gasps> Maybe... Stop the clock. I know exactly who this is. Who is it? Oh, no. Is Catherine going to get 3-1? Oh, you... James Whale. Michael James Whale. Oh, it is. no. Dearie me. Dirty dog. So he's never shagged on, is he? Yeah, totally. Well, he was. According to he that, was. yeah. He's been, he's been busted. He's, he's had his balls chopped off. <laughs> yeah. What a dirty boy. What a dirty, dirty boy. And I'll, I'm, I'm quite happy to um, hammer that point home, as he was rude about my guest before when I was coming and did the handover, so I'm happy for that. He's um, on a roll at the moment. He's rude about George Galloway or something as well. I know it's on Twitter. Well, did George Gallo- now, did George Galloway go on his show tonight? Apparently, yeah. From what they just got off Twitter. To, oh, to talk about Pimlico Plumbers? And apparently they totally didn't let him speak or anything. They over overspoken. That's the word. Because jo George has tweeted, 
This is a tweet from earlier. Uh, I'm on tonight on the James Well. No, oh, George has tweeted, I'm on tonight on the James Well show at 7.30 against Pimlico Plumbers. Oh, he's good. This is what George Gallery has tweeted. You bend if you want to. Want to. I'm going to give it to him straight. You, oh, you bend. You bend. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, good. Well, good, 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 good. I, I love George. I, I, lo- I love James as well, by the way. Um, uh, uh, but um, I, 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 I love them both, and um, I disagree with lots and lots of what they say. But I think they are both. But G- George Galloway, I mean, he, he's such a captivating listen. Just, just the way he purrs those words. I mean, out. who it, else throws to the ads by saying, "And now for some capitalist messages"? Oh, and who, who else would would have the balls <laughs> to read out a, a text that was sent to them that goes? Oh, hang on, the computer's busted. No, oh, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. There's, there's me trying to be, um... Do you want me to do it? Yeah, go on, you do it. George, you're a funny... That's the one! <laughs> Who else would be able to do such a thing like that? That's, um... George, you're a funny. There we go. <laughs> there um, we go. He's, uh, George is on, 7 till 10, uh, tomorrow night, before us, and, um, also the most fragrant presenter here at... I, um, had to come in really early today, Dom, because, um, uh, uh, w- of the, uh, game of tag stroke had stroke it, so I got in. Yeah, I watched that, it just interrupted. I watched that on a periscope. I noticed that Catherine was gone back to being a prefect head girl days of wearing a full kit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought if you didn't, you had to go vest and pants, and frankly, no one's ready for that. <laughs> she, she was a bumlick. <laughs> yeah, but the That's thing exactly is... exactly what I was thinking. All the gear, no idea. I can't run. Um, by the way, I do own that monkey's guitar... And I do own a Gretsch, uh, 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 a Rickenbacker bass uh, that is kind of similar to the one that Bruce Foxton had in the jam. Okay. Just because people on Twitter are going, I knew you didn't have that guitar. I do. Okay. Your inbox is about to get battered. What, sorry? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> oh, Paul. Well, um, um, what, was I, what was I saying before Dom so... You came in early. You came in early, right? So quarter, quarter past one. Okay. <laughs> Earliest I've ever been in. I was terrified I was going to bump into Julia Hartley Brewer. I was terrified. And then I thought, dude, you're 44 and you're starting your own thoughts to yourself with the word dude. Grow up. <laughs> grow, grow up. Man up. And get yourself up in that room. And if she's there, you go and you go and confront her face to face and say, Julia, how's it doing? Nice to see you. Um, so I did. And I steeled myself. But she wasn't in. She didn't. So that's the end of. Uh, you bravely the, avoided her. That's well the end of that story. Here we go. Oh. It's almost a story. Uh, right, Dom, you can, you can go away, Dom, for being rude. Um, 0344991000, the late night alternative with me, Ian Lee, her, Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0344991000, let's go to. Now, how do I pronounce your name? Verushia? Varushka. 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 What a beautiful, beautiful name, Varushka. What can I do for you? I just wanted to say thank you for an amazing day. Oh! Still oh, it's Varushka. I'm so sorry, my dear. How, uh, <laughs> this is the woman that, um, quite, that played the dirt, but brought two young lads with her, seven years old, and did the dirtiest, dirtiest trick, right? When it was one of the games, and we started, we ended the game, and I said, right, 30 seconds, whoever is on this, at the, is on at the end of these 30 seconds, is, is it in the next game? And Varushka was, was, was it, right? So she got one of the lads, she went, quick, quick, it's the last 30 seconds, come, take your jacket off, come and give me, and as he took his jacket off, she tagged him and ran off! <laughs> Unbelievable! 
This woman is an mm. unfit mother, and I love her! Do you know her? Re I love the reason for it as well, because he said, You betrayed me, Mum! <laughs> Survival of the fittest, son. <laughs> oh! Did you have fun today, Varushka? Oh, I had an amazing time. I might sound like a man tonight because I lost my voice. <laughs> Mine went, mine's gone a bit because I was. It was a lot of shouting. There was like, oh, I, I get can him. Tell you something. Yes. I am walking funny. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I came home and I said to those kids, "I'm ordering pizzas." I think I broke my butt. This was, this was, can I just, can I just say, you ordered them pizzas, it was on the same day that you forgot to buy them lunch and had to get them an emergency Mackey D's. Just saying, just, I'm not saying you're a bad mother, I'm just saying. Do, do, do these are facts. you really have to tell everyone? These are facts. These are actual facts. That's all I'm reporting, Rushka. that's all. And I'm... you told us yes. that you were really great at sports when you were younger. Yeah. You didn't look like it today. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> she's brave now. She's got her breath now, back. You now, here's the thing. 70% of the game. <laughs> here's the thing, Varushka. I, I know who your husband is now. Yes, I, I remember his I've name got, on the train. I've, I've got beef with your family, right? Your, your husband. Is, he, is your husband the fella that is buying an old-fashioned phone... <laughs> You, I don't think you were here that night, Kath. He's buying an old-fashioned phone just so he can, halfway through a phone call, he can have a go at me and slam the phone down on me. Is that him? Yes. Unbelievable. This family is, is tainted. I mean, really, they are rotten to the core. This explains a lot. <laughs> rotten. So he keeps tw tweeting me going, I've got that phone, Lee. You're gonna get, you're gonna get hung up on good and proper. <laughs> Oh my God, he's mad about you. You see, he is real, no. and you thought of that lives in my head. How um, mm. how the how uh, were the boys? Were they shattered? Shattered. Yeah, tired. I don't and mean actually. I don't say, mean literally this shattered. Say, this is the evening. Oh really? You don't love me. I hate you. I oh. can't sleep. Oh God. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't like it. Oh my special things. Don't touch my special things. Hang on. What's that? So I just said, get in the bath, and once you've had a bath, you'll feel better. Yep, yep. And he did. Yeah, of course. And then I took his little friend home. Yeah. And he did exactly the same. He threw his toys at. Good, around the good, place. good. I had a word with him. What you didn't notice, Varushka, was I had a word with him in private, and I said, right, listen, your mum is taking the mickey out of you. You've got to start um, throwing your weight around, sunshine, otherwise she's going to walk on you for the rest of your life. And it looks like he's listened to Uncle Ian's advice. He, can I just say, your little boy... Oh, is this why we got the nobody respects me in this house? Oh, Whoa! it's a seven-year-old! Wow! That's happened early. Wow! Oh, you're screwed, man. <laughs> Those teenage years are going to be awful. He gave me... Uh, see, one of the highlights for me... Well, the, the first he came up to me and said, I'm a big fan of yours. But that one of the highlights was, was when he left, he came and gave me a really big hug at the train station. I was so moved by that, Varushka. All joking aside, <laughs> when he gave me that hug, it, that, that melted my heart. It was absolutely wonderful. He's a well, good boy. Well, you have his father to thank for that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, thank, uh, thank you so much for coming. We're, we're going to play it out much. tomorrow. And, and we'll see you at the next tag. Beautiful. Or hide and seek. Okay. Fingers crossed. I'd suggest yeah. you get a bit, little bit more training in Varushka. Hide at haunted house. Yeah, we want to play uh, hide and seek in a haunted house. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be great? At night. 
Varushka, nice to talk to you. Ta-ta. <laughs> bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, she, they, they were a nice family, weren't she they? She was hilarious. She was, I'm sure she was nuts. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible mother. Terrible well, mother. But, um... I've been known to press the Domino's button. Um, oh, three, four, four. Thank you, Varushka. Oh, three, four, four. Yeah, her husband is, um... He's bought um, a, a proper phone so that he can slam the phone down Good on lad. me. That's Good nuts, lad. isn't it? That is nuts. He's not going to win. I'm not going to let him win. Oh three four 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 nine nine. One thousand is the telephone number. Um, I don't like it when they. Um, we're doing the papers because I'm told we have to. Um, but by the way, we're coming from uh, um, from a very special house tomorrow in Manchester. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, you'll hear the audio of the hide and seek. And uh, Saturday, we've still got a handful of tickets left for the performance of the uh, 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 the Rabbit Hole at one o'clock in Salford um, at the King's Arms, uh, ticketsource.co.uk slash Ian dash Lee. Um, and uh, yes, that's happening. Um, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah, this, 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 this. I like the sound of this. Go on. Kit Kat. They've done a special Kit Kat. Um, flavoured with uh, wasabi. Oh, no. Oh, Dirty yeah. devils. Yeah. No. I could eat that. I love wasabi. With chocolate? Yeah, it was white chocolate. Dirty. Have a break with tradition. Have a... It, no, it says here, kit, kit burns my mouth. Is that like... Is that, what's the pun? It it burns my mouth. Is that the pun? Wow. Kit burns my mouth. That's, that's a stretch. Um, I would say um, Kit Kat got the cream. Have a break with... That's why I was fired from headline writing. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. Couldn't couldn't do it. Have a break with tradition. Have a Kit Kat flavoured with red hot wasabi. See if you can order this online. Try Amazon. Japan loves quirky flavours so much. Nestle is building a factory there to cope with demand. Oh, here we go. Hello? Um, purple potato and strawberry cheesecake. will be added to the 300 wacky varieties created for the Japanese market so far. A spokesman for Nestle Japan said, we take pride in our unique flavours. In fact, yeah, they've got... Google the Japanese Kit Kat flavours. It says there, there are are 300. I remember when we were there, there were shed loads. We found it. Yeah. Can you order it? Yeah, Kit Kat, loose set of two. Yeah. Tamariya wasabi. Yeah. £2.50. Yeah, fine. What's that on Amazon? No. Tofu cute. Yeah. Kawaii culture and snacks from Japan and East Asia, UK-based, worldwide. Go and check what other... Well, hang on a minute. They should send us a free sample. We're on the radio. Wow. Um, see what other flavours they've got, because they do loads oh, of... Uh, I remember this now, actually. When we were there, there were shed loads of... Um, <gasps> go on. Hokkaido melon. Yui. Uji matcha. Mm. Uh, Easter custard. I like the idea of that. Easter custard? Uh-huh. Delicious mini Japanese Kit Kats with Easter custard pudding flavours. Oh, f- good, good. I only swore then. Easter custard Kit Kat. Get, get. I tell you what, Kath, if you order it, I'll, I'll give you the money. I'm in no, for, no, I'll give you the money. I'm in for a tenner. Um, get click yes, click yes. Kit Kat loose said to uh, Ichigo strawberry, mm. uh, sake, no God. matcha green tea. Oh no, red bean sandwich. Oi. Uh, sakura and soybean strawberry mm. cheesecake, uh, bakeable sweet potato. Yes. Oh, sold out. Oh. Uh, Shinshu, Shinshu red apple. Oh. Rum and raisin. No. Purple sweet potato. Yes. 
What's a purple sweet potato? What is a, well, it's a sweet potato that's purple? That's a stupid question. Uh-huh. I mean, really, yeah. And. Kumamon green tea. Itoi kuyamon hojicha. No idea. Get it. Roasted tea, that is. No, oh, don't get that. It'd be horrible. Hot ginger tea. No. Uh, strawberry. Uh, matcha. Oh, hang on. Page two. Oh! Hey, remember that show we did one night where we just read out loads of Japanese Kit Kats then ordered a tenner's worth? (gasps) Citrus Golden Blend is sold out. Right, okay. So, so far, you can have one more. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Melon, strawberry, sake, green tea, red bean. No, No, we've had that. We've had that. I haven't ordered red bean. No, you've mentioned it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Strawberry cheesecake. No. Mm. Got wasabi already. Sweet potato got. Yeah. Sweet raspberry, no. red apple, no. rum and raisin. No, is that it? Mm, green tea. Go on, you choose one then. Mm. What's it gonna be? I'm actually quite hungry. Yeah, I know. I could murder a Japanese Kit Kat right now. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember what we've already ordered. All right, I'm on this. I'll, I'll okay, we're surprise. on. We're on that. That's that's. Well, that's happening. Oh. The uh, front page of the Star is um, uh, horrific. I'm going to be honest. It is absolutely flipping horrific. Giant spider terrifies family in home. Guess how big this spider is? Um, ha- up like a hand. Stalked by beast bigger than a dinner plate. Yeah. A spider bigger than a dinner plate. A mon- Oh, I just had a shiver, an involuntary shiver down my spine. A shudder, I believe. Oh, I had another one, because I've got... It was horrible. (laughs) A monster spider, bigger than a dinner plate, trapped a couple inside their home. Freaked out Lauren Ansell, who was left in shock, said, It was massive and mean. Full story, page 18. This is outrageous. I know I'm getting better with spiders these days, but I I would not fancy that. Imagine the juice that would come out of that when you squashed it against the wall with a book. It'll go... If not eggs, it's like those. Um, you seen those um, giant hedgehogs now? There's a there's a disease that hedgehogs get where they 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 blow up like a balloon, like massive. There's a picture in one of the papers again. Oh, gassy! They blow up like a massive balloon, and they got. Like, I, I I think this. I didn't read the story. I think this is how they do it. They get a protractor, you know, the, for the circle, and they just prick it, and it. And then when it gets to normal size, they have to put a, like a, a plaster over it quickly enough to stop the air getting out. Is that not a balloon? That might be a balloon, actually, but they do. They swell up to the size of balloons. I saw something like that in... Um, have you ever seen Far From the Madding Crowd with Julie Christie in it? Of course not! What do you think I am? Oh, a there's, girl? A, there's a brilliant... It's brilliant. That's a brilliant film. It sounds rubbish! Oh, no, it's amazing. Who is that? Um, Hardy? Yes. Yeah, boring. Oh, boring. No. Thomas Hardy and Jane Austen. Jog on. Oh, no, no, no. Totally oh, different. No. Thomas Hardy's all no, gloom and doom. You'd it, love it. Yeah, they're both... Tom, I've read Thomas Hardy, Return of the Native. It's rubbish. No. Boring. no. Awful. No, I don't recognise that. Well, you, you recognise. Anyway, it. there's a scene in the film, the '60s film, where all the um, sheep are inflating like that, and he has to, and he comes along, old. Um, yeah, what's look, he called? Look at that. And sticks. Yes, and he um, he, um, he, he punches to, them all. He has to insert his penis into. No, them. he puts like a. It's like um, when you um, inflate a tire. You've got. A, he had to. He, he has to break the seal with his. Pump. No, there was no. There was none of that. I mean, God, why'd you have Exactly. To... That's why it was boring. That's why who'd, who'd want to watch something that didn't have that in? Huh? What? A monster spider... Oh. 
<laughs> You're right. I, I can't stop. I've got the shudders. Can you read the story? Because I can't read it. It's so okay. horrific. If Look at gonna... that picture of it. Look at the picture of it. Listen, if you're going to be g- gipping in the corners, it's going to be very off-putting. Go on. A monster spider bigger than a dinner plate trapped a couple inside their home. Oh, yeah. He trapped them in there. You're not leaving. It lunged at Lauren Ansel and her partner every time ah. they tried to go through the patio doors. Oh. Then, the huntsman spider, whose bite can make people vomit and give them heart palpitations... Ooh, that sounds quite good, actually. It reminds me of the 90s. ...glared threateningly at the couple with his beady eyes. Oh, come on! Lauren said her partner had been outside cooking on a barbecue when she spotted the spider. Is it in this country? Hello? No. No? Oh, well, then why is it on the front page of of the star? Australia. Oh, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Where they have loads of spiders. What? Why is that on the front page of the Star, a British newspaper? I mean... Jeez. It makes this paragraph make absolute perfect sense. Lauren said her partner had been outside cooking on a barbecue. Of course he had. When she spotted the spider. She added, We didn't want to kill it, but it didn't like us for trying to move it along. My boyfriend tried to squish it in the door, but the spider was smart. The door Smart spiders, only God. Claim, the door only claimed two of its legs, so it dropped down and limped off into the garden. Oh, God, they wounded it. That spider's going to be furious. It's gone into the garden to plot its revenge. Lauren of Mount Coulomb, Queensland, Australia, was glad they'd not killed the spider. She said it's still alive and happy. She's nicknamed it Aragog, after the bloodthirsty spider who rules the Forbidden Forest in J.K. Rowling's <laughs> Harry Potter books. Her pals were shocked when she posted snaps on uh. Facebook. Lauren believes Aragog is now lurking somewhere out of sight in the yeah. darkness of the back garden. It, it's weaving new legs out of web and um, probably guns. It's going to trap. They're going to wake up one day in their bed. They won't be able to move. They'll be covered in spider web. Horrible. Horrible. She said, it's in the garden. We haven't seen it since. It's massive and it was mean, but it's alive and we didn't want to kill it. She joked that her new pet had made a hideout for itself in the quote-unquote forbidden forest. This is why I'll never ever go to Australia again. Adult huntsman spiders do not build webs but forage for food and use venom to stun their prey. Spiders that forage? Uh Jeez! They're known to bite if provoked, especially men with beards who are about six foot four. Right, you're a dick. Give me that paper. You're a dick. uh, I, I don't even, I don't get you. I don't even get what that was. That wasn't funny. That wasn't anything. Um, dear listener, another hour to go. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. We are looking for a stately home, a school, an office, somewhere where some adults can play a good game of hide and seek. Uh, let me ask you: Do you know anywhere that fits that description? Talk radio. I'm confused. How is it midnight? Well, I, well, well, where did that hour go? The first one, I got it. Yeah, it went quick. The second hour, I'm just started talking rubbish. Uh, another hour to go, dear listener. Um, I tell you what, I will explain the show because we're getting new listeners. He said, hopefully, uh, I'll explain what you can call in about um, after the news. Thank you. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Never seems to end when 
brand new adventure lies just around the bend. So if you wanna join me for a while, just grab your hat, come travel light, that's old style. Maybe tomorrow I wanna settle down. Until tomorrow, the whole world is my home. So if you This is the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. The way this show works is, if you're sat there, uh, well, this is the way it doesn't work. If you're sat there waiting for the question of the hour, the big question of the hour, um, there there isn't one. Uh, we just sit here, and, and sometimes Kath is in the studio with me, my producer, and sometimes she's not. And uh, we, uh, I chat about my day. I chat about a few things that I've spotted in the papers that aren't the usual stories. And you are welcome to call him and uh, uh, join in with the chat that I'm having. Or if you do think that there is a story or, 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 or something you want to bring to the table, light or heavy, um, you're more than welcome to. Pretty much everyone gets on. Oh three, four four. 499-1000 is the telephone number. 0344-499-1000. It'll be free for most of you. Pennies for those that it's not free for. And here's the thing, guys. Uh, we call you back. You'll speak to Sam, who will take your name and your number, and we'll call you back. And if you normally get turned away from other radio shows or other radio stations, for whatever reason, right, maybe it's because you have a stammer or you have Parkinson's or uh, you slur, or or maybe because, and I'm going to be honest, you're nuts, you will get on this show. I guarantee it. You will get on this show. Um, 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Let's go to Freddie. Hey, Freddie. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Hi. I'm sorry I didn't make it today. Shame on you. Shame on you. I've let you down. You've not just let me down. You've let your family down, Freddie. You let your I boy let down, down because he was the ultimate winner of the day, even though uh, we think he cheated a bit. That's by the by. That is by the by. Your son I may have won, but he was also hiding. He was kind of hiding a bit. And uh, I'm not going to make a big thing out of it. I know Kath is more annoyed with it than I am. I'm, I'm, just, dis- Hi, I'm just disappointed. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, 
ruin the day for everyone. But uh, <laughs> you not turning up is really is the least of your worries. Well, uh, I didn't get that side of the story. I just thought that he posted because he was very proud to be the winner. Well, Kath, you ex- you explain the, the the beef with the last the last game of tag um, was All Man Heat, where I was on. I, I t- it, really, it should have been that kid that was on. If we, but I was generous, so I was it, and uh, it, we, it, we ended up chasing one person that was was Freddie's son. And Kath, you, you explain Fraser. why you were well. Fraser, I didn't. That was it. it got it got very frenetic. Obviously, you know, the more and more people for most people. That were got um and i ran straight into in fact it was your daughter that got me out that's not part of my yeah that's um possibly part of my beef so i ran towards her thinking she was an ally and she got me yeah and then we all kind of looked around and said who's still in who's still in and then in the distance there was a tiny way way over in the distance tiny fuzzy fuzzy sort of dot in the trees little face Hello, I'm still in. And, that, that. We, and it took a while for the sound to reach us because it was such a long way away. <laughs> and it was your boy. <laughs> yes. So, like, ten minutes later, once we got to him, because he was such oh. a long way away, we oh, got okay. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad he's dining out on it. I did, um, I did nearly, Freddie. I was so tempted to have a pile on at the end. But, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, some of us... Yeah, glasses on. Well, no, not on Frasier. him. Oh, not on him. Yeah. I was going to go at the bottom. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's be honest. You know, we're not. None of us were uh, were as slim as we once were. Uh, you know, I, and I thought maybe a pile on would. Would no one? There had been no serious injuries up to that point. No. And I. Just, and we didn't get insurance. Yeah, no. I no, 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 didn't tell the bosses we were doing it because they would have uh, nixed it. Um, but we. Uh, uh, so the pile on didn't happen. But um, it was. It was. A, it was a fun old stupid silly dumb afternoon and it was uh, thoroughly enjoyable well it sounds like they had a great time as soon as i finished work i phoned lana up <laughs> and she was telling me all about it did they have fun it was nice to see him down there yeah they really did thank you yes Pleasure. i'll try and make the next one well the next one yeah we, we'll, we'll 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 do it on a sunday i think we'll do it on a sunday afternoon probably uh, i'm gonna say probably in august but then i'm realizing august is next week so we'll, we'll, yes. we'll yeah we'll see we'll see it'd be nice to do one in the summer holidays probably on a sunday okay i hope to see you then nice if one not, friend. i'll see you in um 21st september Lovely, lovely, lovely. See okay, you then, Freddie. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, thanks a lot. Bye bye. Thanks for getting them on the Jubilee line. <laughs> it was a, oh yeah, we did. They, they followed us, stalkers. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Freddie. Send my love to them. It was nice to see them. Okay. Cheers. Bye bye. Um, and it was nice. It was. It was. I think it was, she thinks we meant it about Fraser. He, he just played it well. Yeah, he did. He, he, he was. He was. He, he had his, technique. Uh, um, it was nice. Nice mixture of ages from from a five year old um, up to you. You were probably the eldest there. What? Kath, um, so you're fifty next week. What are you talking about? What? So, um... It's not next week anyway, it's the week after. Um, what is this? Why has Mark sent me this picture? Here's me. Mark has sent me a very strange picture on Twitter. My internet's going a little... It's not his privates again, is it? No, oh God, no. Um, here's me and the neighbour's car in my backyard last week. I don't own it, he just left his handbrake off. (gasps) Is it it crashed into his wall? Yeah, yeah, it's in his garden. Have you ever left the handbrake off? Mm. Um, I did it the other day when I was with the boys and I got out in the car, started running, went, oh, blimey! But I've also, I've been in a petrol station and the bloke's gone, mate, is that your car? 
What? Oh, sugar! And it's been, it's, uh, yeah. It's been rolling. Yeah, it's been rolling. Not, not massive speed. I was in a petrol station once, just off, um, uh, the North Circular, on quite a busy road, and, um, I saw a car, I was in the shop, and I saw a car roll down a, a slope, and, and, and just straight out into the road, and I don't think anyone hit it. No, a car did hit it actually. Oh, one, no. First one dodged it, and the next one, next one, just just rolled into a, into a, into a road. It is a great sight to see, though, a car driving itself. Like is Herbie. The, oh, it's, like it's it suicidal is, Herbie. It is absolutely wonderful, wonderful to see more car. Well, it's the future. It is the future. I like seeing that. I also like seeing um, unexpected car passengers. Yep. Like oh go on I've just reminded right. something me and the boy saw two two I've done both of them when I was oh, no one with the ki- no one with the kids one on the way to a funeral yeah so obviously my mind was on other things yeah once with the kids we went to Toys R Us and I bought a load of that art paper you know different colours and that yeah yeah whacked it on the roof got the kids into the car got into the car drove off yeah art paper still on the roof oh it was still on the roof beautiful when I remembered and stopped yeah people were flashing me you know that thing of what what? Yeah, yeah. What? Oh, hang on a minute. And then a couple of weeks ago, I had to go to a funeral. We were running late. Yes. Um, so my husband um, got me a coffee and put it in one of those takeout cups. Yeah. I put it on the roof while I got in. Oh, yeah, I love it. Someone driving yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So I drove off and there was like a big bang and uh, stuff all over my windscreen. I thought, God, that was a big bird. Yeah. Like a big bird poo. And then I realised what it was, my coffee. We saw a, such a funny thing. And I, I, I had the boys in the car. It was on the uh, M25. And I had to drive like a bit of a maniac so that they could see it. Because I had to catch up. Uh, it was, so it was a guy, guy driving a car. In the passenger seat, it's a big black Labrador. But he's wearing sunglasses. What? He had sunnies on. And he was just sat there on the front seat with these sunnies on, looking out the window... Looking at the front, looking at it. And these sunnies are, and me and the boys were in hysterics. That's wonderful. It was so funny. Dogs in cars are one of those things that always makes me smile. Yeah. I don't have a dog, but I do love a dog with his head out the window. Yeah. I mean, there's something that is um, joyous about that, that that passes from car to car, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Can you go and help um, young Sam? Because I can see he's having trouble calling someone back. All right. and, uh, and I want I want to speak to Pete. I want to speak to this Pete to find out what the hell he's called him for tonight. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. This is the late night alternative with me, Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We I think we got hold of Sneaky Pete. Good evening, Pete. Good evening, Lee. In Lee, even sorry. Good evening. Yes, good. Correct. You will address me by my full name. Uh, Yeah, um, I've just done a a gig down in the depths of Wiltshire, and I've just come home to uh, come to my hometown. I'm in the big Tesco's. I'm wondering. Which kind of packet of crisps do we eat for my comedian's dinner? Um, for your, for your what dinner? Medium dinner? No, comedian's dinner. Comedian's dinner. When you're, oh, yeah, Monster like, Munch. Like, Monster Munch, yeah. There's roast beef Monster Munch right in front of me. No, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Put those down, you dirty git. Not roast beef. Yeah. Um, you want onion. Pickled onion. Pickled onion, Monster Munch. Pickled onion. That's a bit like battery acid on the tongue. Oh, mate. It's going in. It's a phrase I don't often say, but I mean it. Man up! Man up, snowflake! Um, That's in the basket. (laughs) 
Man up, Snowflake! For goodness sakes, you will eat those pickled onion monster munch. And you better tweet me a picture th- th- of you eating them to prove that you bought them, because this could just be like um, when uh, I phoned up that chat line, and I don't think that woman uh, was necessarily, um, just at that moment, wearing um, nothing but a pair a, a thong. No. I don't think that, the, the odds of that happening are very slim. She had track slacks on. She, of course she did. You could hear Coronation Street on in the background. <laughs> So I want a picture of that, Pete. Yes, that's gone in the basket along with some banana-flavoured saurine malt loaf. <laughs> Can we get the... I know that James is sponsored by Pimlico Plumbers. Can we get the show sponsored by Serene? Can we? Only if you say it properly. Serene. Not Serene. Well, how would you... Serene. S- All right, I'm going to... Because write... they're rhyming with Doreen. Yeah, Doreen. No, not Doreen. How do you say Doritos? Do- Doritos? No, you say Doritos. Doreen? You can... Serene. Doreen and Doritos, you get Doreen. Stay out of this, Pete. Because I don't know if how I, that tastes. Stay out of this. It's not uh, worth it, Pete. It, <laughs> Serene, can we get it sponsored? Can we get the show sponsored Zorine. by. Uh, um, Saw Ian. <laughs> what was that? Well, that brings us back to your little problem this morning. Oh, I did have a sweaty ass crack. It was, it was agony. <laughs> I ran it off. Um, but it sounds, it sounds like, Pete, you've got a very, very healthy basket there. And a glamorous life. <laughs> you live in the dream. No, really. <laughs> it's been all right. Uh, what what uh, liquid are you going to have uh, to wash that all down with? I haven't made a choice on that either, actually. Oh, what's it going to be? Have you got on Bongo? Oh, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, you just, just... Um, just get a pint of milk. Oh, the pint! A lovely, but I love a pint of milk. Milk on its own. Sorry, milk on its own. That's yeah. just. Yeah, he's a uh, what do you mean? This is what I do when I go home. I open the fridge and I just glug down that milk. Glug it down, baby. I'm just going to go with some uh, orange juice. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Libtard. I'm working the man up. But, you're a uh, cuck. You're a snowflake cuck. That's what you are, Peter. Um, how did the gig go? Was it good? It's brilliant. Um, it's a middle-class restaurant, and I was up there dressed as a barmaid and making all the whole place laugh, really. Oh, um, sexy. A nice little gig um, run by Andrew Wright in Salisbury, yes. Wiltshire. Give him a plug. And uh, I've got three more gigs next week. Look and there's a fight. There is literally a fight kicking off in Tesco's it's, right now. Oh, is now. it? Go on, what about? Let's listen. Go, go, get as close as you dare. And we want commentary. <laughs> go on, sh- sh- go on, I can hear it. Yeah, next to me, there's a big fight kicking sh- off. Sh- sh- be quiet. Let's listen. Is it a man? Sh- 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 I want to hear. I want to hear. There could be some naughty words being said. Don't, don't matter. Don't, I'll be. I'll worry about that. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they've just been thrown out of the place. Was it a mixed pair or was it two fellas? Just some teenagers, really. Uh, oh, well, that's a little bit of excitement on a Thursday evening. Yeah, a little bit of drama. Pete, thank you for that, mate. Enjoy your Monster Munch. I want a picture, please. Definitely, I'll, I'll tweet that. Cheers, my dears. Okay. Ta-ta. Cheers. Ta-ta. Uh, always happy to have... Always. Always happy to help with late-night food choices, Although, of course. I mean, you've talked about Kit Kats, Monster yep. Munch. I am starving yeah, again. Yeah, well, that, that, that diet's got um, uh, kicked out of the window because we went for a massive Chinese after the game. I know, game. but I'm not going to have anything now. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have something on the way home. Don't I've, say I've broken, that. I've broken the seal. Oh. Let's go to Lana, whose brother's a cheat. Good evening, Lana. <laughs> Hello, Ian. How are you doing? 
I'm all right, thanks. How are you? Um, um, uh, my, <laughs> my calves really hurt. My calf <laughs> muscles really, really hurt, if I'm completely honest. It's hard playing it. Um, I'm, I'm not, how are you feeling? You're young, you're young, so I'm, I'm uh, guessing you, you, you're probably, um, smoking a doobie and drinking a bottle of hooch right <laughs> now, aren't you? Oh, you wish. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sorry. Did sorry you, to disappoint. You do sound, she sounds a bit sleepy, don't she? She does, I'm not surprised. She's been a busy day, lots of fresh air. Little baby sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more cold. Why? What's, what's that got to do with me? I don't know. It's probably why I'm tired. I'm no. cold. I don't think I don't think cold and tiredness necessarily <laughs> goes in. Unless I it's think, hypothermia. Then. I think it's heat. Heat and heat makes me tired. Mm. Cold. Um. Uh, this is why um, I like the studio cold because it keeps me alert. And I learnt that trick. David Letterman would always have this. If you watch the David Letterman show, right, you look at the audience. Loads of them will be wearing like coats and jackets because it keeps the the studio really really cold in there so that everyone is awake and alert and focused. Mm. It's a great little trick. When I used to feed the snakes in the science lab, sorry, you had to freeze them a little bit first, like turn the lights off for a good fifteen minutes, so that they would slow down. Wowzers! Have you ever attempted? To, um, could you put? Could you put a fist in a snake? And so Whose fist? Y- your fist. Could you get your fist and put it in a snake? Right, one that's not got teeth. Yeah. So well, you could then make a bit cruel, you could then make shapes inside the snake, right? You could get so be, many fingers. It'd be funny to flick the fees through a snake, but then you'd also feel its stomach trying to digest your hands. Oh, and I oh, wonder no, if you no. if you kept your hand in a snake for long enough, would you just pull out a skeleton arm, like um, Pirates oh, of the horrible. Caribbean when they when they oh, see them in the moonlight, the skeletons? A, what a charming hypothesis. Well, I just wonder. Can we get an expert on the line? Find a snake expert, please. <laughs> About fisting a snake. Seriously. Jesus. Well, you um, said it. Well, Pete has shown us a picture of the Monster Munch. Um, I don't see him eating it, though. That's the thing. He's got mm. good, he, could, he could just be holding them up in a shop. Eat them, boy. <laughs> Anything else, Lana? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I tweeted you yesterday. Oh, yeah. Seeing what you thought on the blue air, and you didn't reply. Oh, of what, what, what I thought, what I thought, oh, that was your blue hair. Yeah. I said, I, I tweeted, I liked it. Did you? Yes. Oh, it didn't come up. Well, uh, <laughs> well I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I tweeted, I liked it. If I didn't, I certainly thought about You did tweet you liked it. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. So not only is your brother a cheat and a liar, so is you, your sister, his so sister. His, so is you, his sister. <laughs> It must run in the family. I pick... No, your mum is decent. Your mum's a decent, hard-working, uh, honest folk. Um, but her children have betra- broken Britain. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So, um, I, I, it turns out I know how to work Twitter, Twitter better than you. Thank you, Lana! Thank you. There we go. I bet she's muted you. Here's what I was thinking. I think loads of people... I think most of my followers... Have mute- Turns out loads of my followers are fake because you can do a little thing where you can see how many are real and how many are oh, really? fake. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a website. I don't know how accurate it is, but I think about 32,000 of mine are real. The rest are fake, oh. I think. Um, but I also think that most people have muted me because I go on about being miserable and wanting to jump off a bridge and hang myself. They just don't follow you, surely. N- well, uh, maybe they know that um, a huge exodus, a Twitter exodus, could, could just be the thing that pushes me over the edge. So they, they're being kind by muting me they were kind they would just let you wang on wouldn't they? yeah well 
Maybe. Not that you do wang on. No, well, I don't know, I do! I wang on! I totally wang on! And, um, I'm fine with wanging on. Speaking of wanging on. Yep. This is an interesting. 03444991000. This is, um, it's an interesting thing. I, I, I couldn't find a bigger version of this. It only gets a paragraph, like a little tiny little thing in the mirror, a couple of little tiny things in the sun. I, w- I want to read the full thing. 40% of people say gay sex is unnatural. Four in ten, and, and it doesn't. I don't, 40% of people were, what asked? Well, don't be a, Okay, so who were they asking? Homophobes and um, uh, podcasters. Four in ten. Well, hang on a second. It's the fiftieth anniversary of um, it being partially decriminalised. Right. The uh, the love that dare not speak its name. Four in ten people believe gay sex is unnatural. Fifty years after homosexuality was decriminalised, says a poll. The survey for Pink News also found thirty six percent are against gay people becoming parents. It took me a while to get my head around it. Do you remember? I was yeah. I had a little bit of um, a prejudice prejudice because because rationally i couldn't see any problem with it but there was just something in me but i'm 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 cool with it now man if i'm cool with it you should be cool with it but initially i just it was prejudice and prejudice is a a, a, um an irrational hatred or dislike that is not based on fact and i had this this weird prejudice and i talked about it on a show on on the radio show once um tory and brexit voters were the most anti-gay but 78 percent of 18 to 24-year-olds said gay sex was natural. Well done, young people. How many? At what percent? 78. Oh. Pink News Chief Executive Benjamin Cohen called the poll depressing, but he added, it is gratifying, though, that for younger people, gay relationships... Can we get him on tomorrow? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to find... Um, uh, uh, it, it's uh, uh, Benjamin Cohen from Pink News. I tried to find a bigger version of this to see if it gave a breakdown of, of, of people that they asked and how many they are, how big the survey was, because... Quite often these surveys, it's like twelve hundred people, and so um, I'd, I'd like to know that because I I forty percent say gay sex is unnatural. Um, no, I can believe that actually because my mum probably does. There's an age group. Yeah, isn't there? yeah, yeah. My mum probably does. Um, and there are a significant number of, number of people in their 60s and upwards that, probably a lot of people in their 60s and 70s don't think it's unnatural, but, but, I'm saying that, my mum, I don't actually know, I I, I would, um, I've not asked her about um, anal sex. My gran probably would um, not like to talk about any anyone doing it, but um, almost certainly she would, almost certainly she would think two, two fellas, oh no. Yeah. But because she you knows she's ninety, what ninety four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had been invented then, had it? Well, I think they, I think that generation did invent quite a lot of it, actually. Uh, yeah, let's see if we can get them on because um, um, that'd be that'd be quite interesting. I mean, if you, what's the name of the um, uh, survey? Pink News. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, Benjamin Cohen. Um, it doesn't. The, the the survey doesn't have a title in this short. Um, Little right up, um, and of course there'll be a lot of religious people that you know, as, as we know, to our cost, Christians and and Muslims and Jews. And uh, did you hear that horrible story? Some really horrible stories at the moment. Um, two women um, had been abused as teenagers by uh, they were members of Jehovah's Witness. Did you hear this story? Mm. 
No. So the Jehovah's Witness had been abused by by an elder in the Jehovah's Witness thing years ago, and they're now grown women. And um, I think he, I think he went to court and he was found guilty. I think he went to prison. He may have had a suspended sentence. I don't know. I think he went to prison, but not for a massively long time. So the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, the the elders, I think it was in Manchester. I'm probably getting all these facts wrong. I heard it on Radio Four the other day. They um, um, th- they considered this guy for their version of excommunication, and I can't think what the phrase is. It is something like um, deselection or something. Um, and to see whether this guy should be excommunicated, let me say, even though it's a Catholic thing, um, they held like a sort of court, even though he'd been found guilty. In the court of law, they held a court where it was all men and these two women, and the bloke was allowed to question them. What? It, uh, honestly, and here's the thing, and I don't know who did it. Someone recorded it, right? And they were playing bits of this on Radio 4. And this guy, oh, it was awful listening. I don't know why this has popped into my head. This, th- th- this guy was asking the most... He was basically denying it, even though he'd been found guilty in a court of law. Uh, he was denying it, and he was saying to these women, why would I do that to you? Why, what did oh I do? God. Tell me what I did to but you. But the thing is, so much of it is about power, and this yeah. is like giving him that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- oh, exactly. It was and, horrific. And shaming them in front of all yeah. these people. Oh, it God. was... It was uh, Honestly, I, I was sat there listening to it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um, and I think it's the Charities Commission have ruled that, um, I don't quite know what powers the Charities Commission have and why it was them. I'm sure it was them. Because I remember at the time thinking, that's weird. But the Charities Commission ruled that these elders in the Jehovah's Witness um, Kingdom Hall, in I think it was Manchester, uh, were bang out of order, basically, for, for, for doing this. And if the women... Had a, first of all, the women didn't know he was going to be there until he rocked up and started oh, asking the questions. God, can you imagine? And secondly, um, they wouldn't if they had a, if they had refused, then it would have been taken as a admit, a admission that they'd been lying <gasps> before. Isn't that insane? Isn't that insane? How horrific! Um, one of the girls brought her mum, and she wasn't allowed in until they kicked up a stink. And the mum was allowed in, but she wasn't allowed to say anything. Oh, it was just—it was the most horrific story. I don't know, I'm bringing it in and bringing the show on a downer, um, but it was just the most horrific, horrific thing. It's to from, happen in 2017. That's yeah. extraordinary. It's, it's from that survey. It's, it, it's, it's, that was that was of course joining the dots that the, the, the people in in 2017 can still actually be living in in you know prehistoric times when it comes to things like that and i do think that um i don't know anything about the jehovah's witnesses i know we have a couple of jehovah's witnesses that that, that call in i don't know anything about jehovah's witnesses i don't know anything about um uh hasidic jews i don't know that much about sikhs mm. to be honest and there is there are huge and that you know i could go and read books i suppose there are huge gaps in my knowledge about um large gr- large groups that live live in this country you know mm. i went to school with a load of Sikhs. i don't really know a lot about them i know that that they they're supposed to have a dagger on their thigh yeah. um, um and that's they're kind of quite peaceful but that's all i know about the Sikhs. well yeah they're, they're, you say they're kind of quite peaceful but the tradition is a, a warrior tradition yeah yeah there we go he's eating his monster munch that's good <laughs> oh three four four
499-1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, it's the last 25 minutes or so of The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. Late Night Conversation. Wealth losing sleep over it. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine. 1,000 is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. Mm. Where should we go? Where should we go? Where shall we go, dear listener? I'm quite tired all of a sudden. Well, not all of a sudden. Um, here comes a yawn. Let me enjoy this. Oh, there is some. Why is it? There are so many pleasures the body can give us, and we always opt for the sexual ones. But a good yawn, like a really good yawn, and let's be honest, a, a, a good sneeze, and I mean a, like a sharp sneeze. Do you know what I mean by that? Where you, it, it, it's it's big and it's all encompassing. A, a good sharp sneeze is better than any orgasm you've ever had. Any, I never forget. Do you remember on Brookside? I'm going back sometime now, and boy, I'm tired because I'm, I'm. We're going off on tangents, and um, there was that lady who um, then went on to star in a BBC One series. But she was going out with the guy who used to present the Story Box Music Box Kids TV show, and he became a heroin addict. And he had a short, fat, dumpy friend who also supplied heroin, and he was really creepy. And he said to this woman. Um, oh, heroin. It's better than all the sex you've ever had. And I never understood that line until I had a really, really good sneeze. There's only about six of you who are going to get that reference. If my sister is still listening, she'll get the reference. Um, the, uh, uh, but uh, uh, a really good sneeze is better than any of the mucky stuff I've ever done. Any, I mean, the mucky stuff, really. Such a, such a faff, isn't it? I mean, jeez. It really is just such a faff. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone number. Hang on a minute. What's this on the front? Um, oh, this is what. This is why he's got beef with Pimlico plumbers. Oh, this is a. Oh, I didn't realise. Right here we go. He is a knob. Front page of the Daily Mail. There we go. The front page of the Daily Mail. Cue here for the gravy train. Furious bosses, Charlie Mullins, warn of a tide of claims as Supreme Court makes it much easier to go to an employment tribunal. This is a brilliant, brilliant story that we should be celebrating, right? In 2011 or 2013, I can't, 2013, I think, um, uh, if you wanted to take, if you wanted to take your boss to court for unfair dismissal, you got sacked unfairly, or you were made to leave, or constructive dismissal, where they make you leave. Up until then, you could do it, and you'd get uh, it would be free; it wouldn't cost you anything. Then, in about 2013, the coalition introduced this thing where you had to pay, and it, 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 the first cost could be as much as like I think it was about 380 quid. Which, when you've just been sacked from probably quite a low-paid job. That's a shed load of money to suddenly have to find. And the, uh, the the reason for it was good, 
But it was flawed. The reason was it would stop people, they thought it would stop people um, making these spurious claims to take their bosses to court, right? But um, it, it didn't. Anyway, it, it's been found out that this was illegal. So the government have got to refund about 40 million quid. Judges were last night accused of encouraging spurious litigation by ripping up employment tribunal reforms. This is the best thing that could ever have happened for all of those poor souls that get shafted by um, uh, the, the, the bosses that just want to see them out on their ear. Because they know that the odds are they won't, up until yesterday when this decision was made that they probably wouldn't get taken to a tribunal the supreme court said ministers had acted unlawfully supreme court so it's the supreme court remember we wanted um uh, um control of our laws this is uh, the supreme court is british right so it's british laws at the top the supremes said ministers had acted unlawfully in bringing fees of up to 1200 quid to make a claim seven judges ruled unanimously in favour of the union unison, which said the charges discriminated against women and the poorly paid. Right? So, um, it, to me, that sounds absolutely brilliant. That, um, that it's unanimously the Supreme Court, the British courts have said, guys, this, you, you are, um, you're discriminating against women and poorly paid people. You cannot impose this charge. The court said, the fees were inconsistent with access to justice and had resulted in big, uh, big falling claims. But Charlie Mullins, Wales mate, who, uh, have you, we've seen his car. Flipping it. Uh, that car's probably more expensive than my house. But Charlie Mullins, who founded Pimlico Plumbers in London, said, this is a charter for litigants which will fuel Britain's compensation culture. I have sympathy with people with genuine claims, but a lot of people make false allegations and try it on. This ruling will only encourage those who abuse the system to come back into the market. Get a grip, mate. Why don't you go and sit in your posh car and count your money, dude? Because there are people that couldn't even... There are people that couldn't even afford to fill up the petrol tank in your car. Smaller companies are worried they will now have to settle cases they would win because they cannot afford the time and expense of fighting them. God, what? This is the most... How can anyone, apart from, you know, money-grabbing bosses, think that this is a bad decision? The Institute uh, Institute of Directors, which represents 30,000 small and medium-sized businesses, predicted the decision would open the door to a spike in malicious or vexatious claims. Here's the thing, though, because I was listening to this on Radio 4. Um... There was no, when this law was introduced, there was not a decrease in the number of spiteful or vexatious claims. It had no, it had no effect on it. So there will be chances. Of course, there'll be chances who, who go in and, and try and swing the lead a bit. But but it's mainly people who've been shafted by their bosses. Seamus Nevin, its employment and skills chief, said businesses across the country will be extremely alarmed by today's judgment. Flipping heck, so what? Before fees, individuals face no risk or barriers in bringing claims that were not merited. Even the weakest or most vexatious cases meant sizable legal expense and wasted valuable management time for companies. It's a, it, 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 it's been proven that that's like a tiny, tiny minority of cases. Most of these people that take their their uh, bosses to uh, to court are it's justified. They're not doing it to take the mickey. 
The court summary said claimants on low to middle incomes could not afford the fees without sacrificing ordinary and reasonable expenditure for substantial periods of time. The judges, headed by the court's president, Lord Neuberger, decided that the fees indirectly penalised women because they were more likely to bring discrimination cases against their employers. The government will have to fund a refund around £32 million to thousands of people charged for taking claims to tribunal since July 2013. Um, ranging between 390 and 1200 quid, the fees were introduced in 2013 by Chris Grayling. Um, I don't... I don't... I don't understand... Emma Burrows, head of the Employment Department at Trowers and Hamlin, said the increase in claims will put further pressure on tribunals already under strain following funding cuts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But TUC... Gen- I'm laughing because this is so ridiculous. TUC General Secretary Francis O'Grady said this is a massive win for working people. To- Here we get right at the end of the thing. We get the counter-argument. Too many low-paid workers couldn't afford to uphold their rights at work even when they faced harassment or have been sacked unfairly. Tribunal fees have been a bonanza for bad bosses, giving them free reign to mistreat staff. Any fees paid so far should be refunded as soon as possible. Um, (laughs) Let's go to the comment on page 16, shall we, in the Daily Mail. I think I know what it's going to say. (laughs) Charlie Mullins and his posh motor. (laughs) this is terrible daily mail comment the tribunal gravy train is back on track four years ago ministers introduced for the first time a fee for bringing a case before an employment tribunal it was a sensible reform at a time of austerity to help cover the burgeoning cost of the courts no no why no no justice should be accessible to everybody whether they can afford to pay it or not but bring back um, uh, legal aid, for goodness sakes. You're, you, by in, in, introducing uh, uh, costs that can be as much as 1,200 quid, you're, you're excluding huge swathes of the population from justice. That's not fair. That's not fair. The fees were also a deterrent against an out-of-control compensation culture fueled by money-grubbing lawyers, zealous unions and vexatious claimants after a quick buck. When the grievance proved genuine, the fee, which ranged from £390 to £1,200, was, reimb- was almost always reimbursed. Listen to this sentence again. When the grievance proved genuine, no, when the person won their case, it doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't a genuine grievance, the fee, which ranged from 390 to 1200 was almost always reimbursed. Right. So, that so means these are for- people who are unemployed all of a sudden. Yeah. So that means for some people... It wasn't reimbursed. And that means that some people who were probably not earning that much anyway have got to stump up 1,200 quid on a, on a punt. On a punt. Now, they might know that they have been wronged, but they could be. it could be me again. You know, if I got the boot from Barclays, Sam, just picking that name out of there, because they have got endless resources. Pimlico Plumbers, have, I'm sure they've never, never fired anybody, you know, unnecessarily or in a bad way, but endless resources. These big companies, you know, British Gas, got endless resources to fund illegal things. And, and some poor sod that's got just enough to put food on the table it's got to find 1200 quid but it's almost always reimbursed the following year the number of cases which had hit 190,000 fell by 70 percent 
providing some much-needed relief to firms struggling with legal costs. Poor and, firms. And, yeah, and leaving loads of people who had been unfairly dismissed, sat at home, probably suicidal, because they couldn't raise the 400 quid to take their um, bastard bosses to court. But yesterday, in a case brought by Unison, the Supreme Court overruled the lower courts, deciding that the policy was unlawful and discriminated against women. The immediate cost of the taxpayer is £32 million. Good, I'm happy to pay that. More than happy to pay Can that. Can I just say, discriminated against women, another way of saying discriminated against 50% of the yeah. population. But much more damaging are the consequences for businesses. Oh, God, these poor businesses. Don't, don't fire people unfairly. Make sure you've got it all. I, I, I don't know. You know, just don't fire people unfairly. I, simple thing which is braced for a tidal wave of litigation, the rush of claims will be fuelled by a distinctly untory measure of forcing firms to publish their gender pay gap from next year. Inevitably, the hardest hit will be small firms who cannot afford the crippling costs of litigation and are cowed into settling. Did such issues even cross the minds of, here we go, here's that word, our Unelected Supreme Court judges. Well, <laughs> Jesus, um, Paul Dacre. I thought, we were take, a... I thought we were taking back control. Paul Dacre. I thought we wanted bell-end. to be ruled from within. The male doubts it, after all. What experience have they from their ivory towers of the pressures of running a small business? Paul Dacre, I ask you, sir, what experience have you from your ivory tower uh, have you got of trying to scrape around to find enough money to not uh, to, to buy food for the table so that all the family can eat, let alone... Listen, man, you go to court all the time. You go to court... I think I think Madonna got a payout. It's the Mail Online, so it's a slightly different thing, but it's all part under the same umbrella. Madonna just got a huge payout from the Mail Online for invasions of privacy about two little kiddies that she adopted so you go to you guys go to court all the time but you've got the best lawyers on speed dial all right some people can't afford that man the independence of the judiciary is sacrosanct but the male can't help wondering whether our top ju- judges have meddled in matters which should be the preserve of elected ministers. Sorry, is it sacrosanct <laughs> or is it not is it is it or isn't it Dacre you dick Jeez. I heard someone say the other day, everything before but is bullshine. <laughs> oh, man. Alive. And actually, when you pick apart sentences like that, it's true, isn't it? Well, it's got me really angry. I love you, but you're really annoying me. It's got me really angry because I heard that on Channel on Radio 4 yesterday. I thought, oh, that's brilliant. What? Absolutely brilliant. I did a little cheer in my car. Well, Pimlico Palmer's bloke is an idiot, but the male is an idiot, and let's have a break. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh man, alive! This is—it's uh, been a good old show tonight. <laughs> Sorry, don't die on me now, Kath. <coughs> it shouldn't you, have made me run. If you're gonna die, die in the next five minutes. Let's get it on air. That is—that's uh, an award winner. Will I get a lifetime achievement award? No, but what will happen is. Um, I would then do, a, like, an audio diary of my grieving for the next few months. Months? Uh, really? Oh, not, God, I'd milk... minutes. Oh, God, I'd milk... I mean, I'd probably record it in one go and just cut it up. Yeah. Um, I'd win an award. <laughs> Someone dies on air, that is totally an award. I mean, there'd be a picture of you in a heart on the screen, oh. um, and I'd get an award. Oh. Good evening, Jerry. Hello. Hey! Hello. Hey. Let's say the judiciary and our independence... He's selected by the Lord Chancellor. The judges are selected by the Lord Chancellor. He's a political appointee. Political appointee. But who yeah. s- who elects the Lord Chancellor? 
Magistrates are just people that like local businessmen and women, yeah, people yeah. in the community. I've I've considered becoming a magistrate. I think when I retire, I'll do something like yeah, that. Yeah, I've considered it, uh, and and my dealings with magistrates. I've had a couple. I, I've always found them very fair. I've always found them very fair. Even when I lost a case, I found them very fair. I'm going to be like Judge Judy. Have you ever known that's a stipend? He's he's qualified. He's a he's a, he's a lawyer. Stipend, but to leave magistrates. Yeah. He's just big the thing is, I need to keep on the good side as a clerk. I, well, the clerk, exactly, because they, they kind of make their decisions. Then they go to the clerk who explains the law to mm. them and says well, exactly what they, uh, what they can do and stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, I want to be a magistrate. Join and start scooping. Yes, no, go to this part. Yes, go to this. Yes. And choose a sentence. Yeah. It's, it's pantomime. You seem to know a lot about it, Jerry. What have you, what have you done wrong? I got a low degree through the CPS. Oh. CPS, not long. I did, did about six weeks to them. Tried to do, tried to work, tried to kick in my chair. I'm gonna, I'm gonna become a magistrate and I'm gonna, um, make sure I end up in a, a court in crew and I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send Jerry down for six years. We're having a squeaky chair. Yeah, yeah. Squeaky chair. Squeaky chair. I'm gonna stay on there now. Jerry, you, please tell me you're not masturbating. Because that's what it sounds like, if I'm honest. I'm stuck here. I've got to give up my bungalow. Okay. I'm stuck. I'll give my bungalow. Oh, God. I was about to make a really. Uh, I'm going to say it. If you ever need someone to come and stroke one out, Jerry. Oh, stop it! No, listen, he's a. Fa- he's a I understand. My, he's a gentleman who is stuck in a situation. Then yeah, but he's not that hard up. He don't want you doing it. We don't know how hard up he is. <laughs> no. I would do it, Jerry, and I'd wear a glove. Thank you. Absolute pleasure, mate. Ta-ta, take care. Let's go to Sally. Good evening, Sally. I thought that was a very generous offer. I thought that was a generous offer. What? I'd wear a glove and be a posh one. Yes, uh, yes, Sally. Hello, Ian. You right? I'm all right. I'm not. Catherine seems upset that I've just offered to masturbate a severely disabled man who probably can't do it for himself. Oh, could you not get someone um, nice to do it? Not you. I'd do it. I could be very romantic. <laughs> Don't you think you should ask Jerry first? It's got nothing to do with Jerry. If I want to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> Well, I don't think you'll be a magistrate after that, then. Well, no, I don't think you will. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, Should be on a list. <laughs> going to uh, bit, uh, put my two bit into this uh, tribunal thing. Yes. Well, my other half worked for the tribunal service. Oh, yeah. And when this thing came in, there was a really dramatic drop in the amount of cases that came. Yeah. And with that came thousands of redundancies. Uh-oh. So with all the money that they made or saved yes. or whatever, yes. they had to pay out in in dole money. But Charlie Mullins is okay because he's got oh, a nice big car. Well, that's the main thing, isn't it? That is the I'll sleep. Thing. I'll sleep well tonight. Knowing yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a strange. Um, anyway, leaving things on cars. Yes. Oh, yes. That was the that was the phone in for two yeah. minutes. Yeah. What have you left on? Well, a car? well, we had um, 
we lost the wallet, and it had eight hundred pounds in it. Wowzers! And we nuts. never knew what ha- we knew- never knew what happened to it. And mm. about two years later, we got the remains of the wallet through the post. Oh. And that's how we found out we'd left it on top of the car. Hang on, did they leave a note? They they sent a letter and everything. Oh, we found this. It was an ID. And they tracked us down through work, yeah. a work ID, and yeah. sent us the ID back. It was all cracked and horrible. Yeah, cracked And uh, it had been left on the A3. They said. And that's how we, yeah. They said. That, was, no, it, was, <laughs> was the £800 still in it? Of course not. Well, I like to think better of people than that. What, in the middle of the A3? You think someone... Well, hang on, who's going to pick up a wallet? Who's going to nick it in the middle of the A3? No one picks up a wallet from the A3? No, 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 no. Yeah, that's where they found it. Mm. Someone might have pinched it and lobbed it out of a window on the A3. Girls, I'd love to carry on talking about this, but it's the end of the show. Girls? Yep. Oh, thanks. Well, no, what do you mean, oh, thanks? I can't do the show any longer. Okay. Bad planning. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sally took that as a snub, as though I was cutting her off because she was like Paul in Stoke Poges, a boring idiot. (laughs) But the show is coming to an end. I can't do any more. It's how George Galloway ends, isn't it? The show is coming to an end. But I will be back. Join me then and bring a friend. And the mother of all talk shows. And I have one word. To say, the Mr. Charlie Mullins. George, you're a fanny. Good night.